Just try to be your normal humorous self, okay? The guy you were before the tailspin. Do you remember that guy? People love that guy. And don't forget, your novel is coming out in the fall. Oh, really? How exciting. What's it called? Come here, Moss. Do not sabotage me. If you want to be a oh. fucking lightweight, then that's your call. But do not sabotage me. Oh, aye, aye, Captain, you got it. And if they want to drink Merlot, we're drinking Merlot. Oh, no, if anybody orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot! Okay, okay, <laughs> relax, Miles. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, join the discussion at The Rank Podcast on Twitter or X, threads, Instagram, and TikTok on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com or at our email address, uh, therankwithjohnandzack at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. That's patreon.com slash The Rank Podcast. And you can check out clips or full episodes on our YouTube channel, The Rank with John and Zach. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. So I don't know about you, but I'm watching this movie and I'm like, is this Zach and I? <laughs> I think a little bit. <laughs> I mean, not entirely, you know, but it, yeah. just, it felt like, kind of like there was sort of a pessimism and an optimism going after yeah. each other there. <laughs> like, a little, yeah, I, I definitely picked up on that a little bit. <laughs> and even, even, I mean, just today, you, uh, you, you called me, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like, jumped a- awake because I had fallen back asleep by accident, and I, and I go ah, and I'm like, oh, I'll get ready, and then. Uh, I only took 10 minutes. I didn't shower and everything. Oh, I know. I'd like take a shit and read a book. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a little bit for sure. And uh, I don't know. It was a little strange. It's fine because I don't think you're, you know, you're this guy and I'm and I'm not that guy. Yeah, I don't think you're out cheating on, on Sarah constantly, are you? No. Well, and, or don't or don't inform anyone in this in this uh, context. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I just it was I just sort of found it fascinating. I'm like watching this movie and I'm just like mm-hmm. this is how Zach feels about me, you know? <laughs> well, I you know, at the same time I'm sitting there thinking like I hope I'm not quite I hope at my best I'm not quite like this. Right, like right. This. Well, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I what I came down to, you know, like and I, I don't want to give anything away, but they actually they're you know, they're good to each other. They yeah. clearly care about each other. So I was like, I'm okay with having this be uh, like a comparison in my head, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. For, I, I, I swear I'd seen this movie, but I don't remember hardly any of it. So um, at the end, I'm like, do they like hate each other by the end? Cause they're, you know, arguing it. Yeah, points. I know. <laughs> Everything goes right back to normal pretty quickly. <laughs> so no matter yeah. what happens. Well, so it's, it's just like, it's like they sort of are like, this is the way that he is, this is the way mm-hmm. that he is, and mm-hmm. we're friends, and that's, it doesn't matter that we, like, bicker sometimes, you know? It's just, mm-hmm. we go back to where we were. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, yeah, so I just, I was curious if you thought about it, so it's cool that uh, that you kind of did. Mm-hmm. It was pretty early on, too. I was like, uh... <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, I was like, oh. Some aspects of this dynamic. <laughs> 
It'll be interesting when we get to any kind of character relatability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see how that see how that goes. Well, I think I mean that was that was what I like was holding back on um, talking to you about. I was like mm-hmm. actively trying not to text you about it or anything because mm-hmm. I was like I mm-hmm. want to talk about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as riveting for our listeners, but it was fun for yeah. me. <laughs> well, maybe they pick up some of that dynamic a little bit. Well, I think we can just dive in. Um, yeah. So today we're ranking sideways the 2004 film starring Paul Giamatti. Jim Taylor and Alexander Payne uh, wrote a screenplay that was adapted from the novel by Rex Pickett, and Alexander Payne also directed it. It was nominated for five Oscars, winning one. It was nominated and didn't win for Best Supporting Actor for Thomas Hayden Church, Best Supporting Actress for Virginia Madsen, and Best Director for Alexander Payne, and of course, Best Picture. The category it won in was Best Adapted Screenplay for Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor. The story follows Miles Raymond, a depressed and struggling writer, and his friend Jack Cole, an actor and former soap opera star. The two embark on a road trip through California wine country before Jack's impending wedding. The film explores themes of friendship, midlife crisis, and the complexities of romantic relationships as the characters navigate wine tasting experiences and encounters with two women, Maya and Stephanie. Mm-hmm. So we're down to our last of the 2004 movies that were nominated for Best Picture. We're going to make it through two whole years at the end of this. Yeah, which ends up being 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> thanks that new rule about it being 50,000 movies. I we really needed that. <laughs> well, so but, far... Oh, go ahead. I, I was actually pleased this year because we were like... I was like, oh, I think it was during the last episode I was like, oh, we'll have to see if any of the next movies, I mean, uh, we'll have to see if Sideways beats it, because <laughs> I realized there was only one left. Right. I was, I was very happily pleased that we didn't have six more to go. I agree with that. I mean, although I, 2015 was a good year, so it's not like... Oh, yeah, it's just never-ending. <laughs> um, sort of like our action movie series, which has yeah. no end to anything. Yeah, just... we're basically never going to get to the end of action movies. Yeah. We, uh, we at least theoretically could do every Best Picture nominee until the next year. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I've, I was doing the math, and I think it would take us like 10 years or something. I can't oh. remember. I, I did it a while <laughs> back, but I think it would take us like 10 years to actually be caught up. Oh, any day now. Yeah, or I, if ever. I don't even know. Anyway, so, um, so, so far, Finding Neverland has run away with the show here, mm-hmm. you know, with, uh, with yep. 2004. 2004 has disappointed us. Yeah, I mean, other than Finding Neverland, it has. I think mm-hmm. Finding Neverland was, was good. Um, not that the other ones were bad, but they just weren't. Yeah. You know, after having a, such a good year with 2015, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you said this in the last episode, um, kind of, we kind of got spoiled by 2015. A little bit, and uh, I definitely remember liking a couple of those more than than I did on rewatch, and uh, I don't know. For 2004, you mean? 2004, yeah. Yeah. I definitely liking a couple of those. Oh, this was really good. And then, oh, didn't quite work for me this time. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, Maybe. It's not, and it's not like we're like, oh, they were so bad, they didn't work. It was just like, well, they weren't what I thought they were. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I was writing this opening before having watched Sideways, which is 2004's last chance to beat Finding Neverland, right? Last chance. <clears throat> and I don't know if it'll do it or not, and I'm curious to find out. But one thing before we get started on the potent notables, I'd like to announce the next year of Best Picture nominees that we'll be doing. Drum roll. Yeah. And this this was a surprising winner out there um, by near unanimous decision, beating any other challengers by a two to one margin. Nineteen forty seven. That's a near unanimous two to one. <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah, but also twice as many. Yeah, exactly. It's twice as many. Um, so so uh, 1947, you said. Yeah, yeah. There were five nominees that year. The Bishop's Wife, Crossfire, Gentleman's Agreement, Great Expectations, and Miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be jumping from... Because first, we, we jumped 10 or so years in the past. Yeah. From, from 2016 to 20, 2004, which is 12. But And then we're jumping rather more than that into the past. You know, we're just doing what the people want. The that's people true. voted we, for 1947, so that's what we'll give them. We're servants of the people. That's right. I, I was surprised that 1947 won. Not me. Never me. <laughs> Never you. I, I always knew it would be 1947. Yeah. Wow. I wish you would have told me. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm sworn to protect the sacred timeline, so. <laughs> um, I'll be excited to see if any of these can actually break into the modern movies currently occupying the top spot. You know, mm-hmm. it's be interesting. Um, yeah, because I think probably, I don't. I guess I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure all of these are uh, black and white. Yeah, um, to my knowledge, they are. I think I. I, th- I don't know. If, I wouldn't have mentioned because this is the first time we're announcing it, but I've seen two of these movies at a, out of nowhere, and I know it's like I'm not like I've seen movies, but no, you I wasn't expecting to have seen. I've seen uh, the Bishop's Wife and Gentleman's Agreement. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen any of them. I've I've seen like the beginning of Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street or pieces of it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing else. So this will all be brand new to me, pretty much. Mm. So um, yeah, I'll be we'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, you know, I think a lot of I think you still get people who like movies but don't like old movies so much. Yeah, I'm not I'm not one of those. I I appreciate older movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting though to kind of do it in this way where we've watched a lot of modern movies and then watch mm-hmm. a few older ones just to, it'll yeah. I think the difference will be striking. It, I think it will too. It'll be it'll be really it'll be fun. Like we it'd be fun if we went immediately like all right, done with sideways, better start with expectations <laughs> from 1947. <laughs> so, whoa, this is different. Yeah, well the order that we're going to do the uh the releases for these episodes is mm. um, it's going to be the Bishop's wife and then miracle on 34th street, mm-hmm. which we've been doing these in alphabetical order, but uh, we decided since it's coming up to Christmas time that we'll spread the holiday cheer and have, uh, you know, yep. t- two Christmas movies in a row. Moving from alphabetical to festive. <laughs> yeah. But then it'll be alphabetical after that. Oh, and actually, you know what? I've seen three then, because I've forgotten. Of course I've seen Miracle on 34th Street. You have seen the original? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's on in my household every Christmas. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Every, every Christmas. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll accidentally watch the new one with, with, with Richard Attenborough. <laughs> I accidentally be like, this is weird. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be black and white. 
Yeah, whatever though. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be fun to find out. But before we, you know, find out, first we've got to find out where sideways yeah, let's, will end let's, up. Let's not just skip over sideways, apparently. <laughs> so let's go to the potent notables. So as always, we start our potent notables with the box office results. And Sideways made $71.5 million domestically and $38.2 million internationally for a worldwide total of $109.7 million, all against a budget of $16 million. Given the kind of movie this is. Shocking, right? Pretty good. There's minimal action in this movie. I was when I so when I looked up the box office results, mm-hmm. I I sort of expected it to be in like the thirty million dollar range, thirty mm-hmm. to forty. Yeah. Because you know you get nominated for best picture and you're you're almost guaranteed to make a, around at least thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting to see seventy one and a half just domestically. Yeah. Well, you know that. Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church are big box office draws. That's, that's very true. Thomas Hayden Church would be in. He was. Uh, he carried Spider Man Three, and Spider Man No Way Home, which he kind of, was. He even in that really? Because <laughs> Clay Man, whatever he is, is only. He was only like in it. <laughs> in, in his form, in, in his same in form. special effects form. Yeah, I was like, how come we don't have him in like real form in that green striped shirt that he was in? Well, remember he broke his nose, so he had to. He had. He had to just do the voiceover. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I'm saying because remember in Sideways he breaks. Oh, his in Sideways, nose. good thing he's doing voice work. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was gonna say how odd, given that he breaks his nose in this movie, and then that was the point. <laughs> Let's move on. Well, Alexander Payne was flying back from Edinburgh, uh, nope. where he had been at a film festival promoting Election. I don't know if you. Remember oh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, when he finally had a chance to read Rex Pickett's book Sideways. And as soon as he landed, Payne ran to a payphone to call his agent about purchasing the rights. He later told Pickett he liked his novel because his characters were, quote, so fucking pathetic. (laughs) Well, I'll basically agree with that. Um, What kind of name is Rex Pickett to be writing a book like this? Weird, right? I thought the same thing. Like, I get cowboy books, sure. You know, The the Sunset Always Ends by Rex Pickett. Right. Lonesome uh, Dove 14 by Rex Pickett. (laughs) Hey. <laughs> I, I I have read that book. I know. Probably, I knew I was gonna touch, probably I knew I was gonna fourteen touch times all the way through, and it's like eight hundred pages. <laughs> you know, speaking of long ass books, I don't know if you remember how many pages Miles says his book is, although it's just oh, manuscript. He says so. the manuscript is seven hundred. Like, I don't remember yeah. how long he says it is, but I remember what he said is that nothing changed after page seven fifty. Yeah, and, and it's like, like okay. oh shit, Miles, you, you gotta to you gotta end. It. Yeah, you got to hand it to that chick for making it all the way through. Yeah. Must have been good. That chick, I can't remember her name. I'm an idiot. Maya. Maya. Maya and Miles, of course. Yeah, you know, James Madsen's younger sister. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, the novel, the actual novel Sideways, remained unpublished until after the film was made. <laughs> so how the hell did Alexander Payne get his hands on I don't know. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> this worth of, of manuscript that this guy gave him? <laughs> well, it was, it was really... The novel was released a month before the film premiered. Okay. So. Okay. So it turns out if you want your novel published, give it to some fucking filmmaker to read on a plane. Yeah, give it to an indie filmmaker who will yeah. buy the uh, the rights to it. And then you go to and then you go to a publisher and be like, they're already making it a movie. They're already yeah, this is already going to be a movie, so you may <laughs> as well publish it and put 
Paul Giamatti's picture on the cover. They're like, we're not going to do that. But. Now, they never talk about this in the movie, but Sideways is actually... So in the book, it's what uh, Miles and um, Jack mm-hmm. just basically refer to being drunk as. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rex Pickett later produced a sequel mm-hmm. um, named Vertical. <laughs> which, good, good one, Rex. Clever. Um, so Miles writes a bestseller and is again reunited with his mother and Jack. Mm. However, according to Pickett, Alexander Payne had no interest in directing a film version of the sequel. Oh, yeah, sounds a bit. <laughs> it sounds a bit, you know, like it kind of removes the interesting parts of right. Miles' character. <laughs> He's rich and successful. And so is the other guy. Yeah, no, let's not make that movie. <laughs> now, when Jack is watching a spring break event on TV, do you remember this? When he's watching, like, Emerson oh yeah, yeah. Break? So the hairstyles and blindingly neon swimwear is clearly early '90s, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I did notice that actually. Yeah. <laughs> the filmmakers had asked MTV for usage of more current footage from their spring break spring break videos. Mm-hmm. But the channel was only willing to give them dated material free of charge. <laughs> Alrighty then. I guess, I guess we're going with Spring Break 1991. <laughs> now Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church had left film acting, mm-hmm. concentrating on voiceover work. Oh, just like uh. Yeah, just like the the character. Um, but that was what he was doing when he received a call from Alexander Payne to audition for the role of Jack. Now, what made him think of Thomas Hayden Church? Do you know? I do. So Church, Thomas Hayden Church was actually a finalist for a role in About Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was another one. I can't remember, but that was the most recent one. Um, and Payne wanted to use the actor in one of his films. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I, you know, he really liked his audition. Um, and it was like, I, I want to bring him in again because I want to see if he, he'd be right for this character, right? So here's the funny part. During the audition, Thomas Hayden Church stripped naked because that was what the scene called for. He later learned that he was the only actor to do that. There you go. All <laughs> set. That's, That's what... how you get the role. Yeah, it doesn't matter if the scene is you know has a naked character and it just show up naked. That's right. Show and the they'll pain. give you the role just to get rid of you. Show the peen, you'll get in the scene. That's the classic rule. That's 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 the, the rule. That's the mnemonic that people use. Otherwise, they'd forget. Now, what is <laughs> exactly. it? What is it? What are you supposed to do? I can't remember. I mean, luckily, Louis C.K. never forgot. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Enough of that. Well, Thomas Hayden Church was nervous about filming the love scene with Sandra O. Oh mm-hmm. Because she was married to Alexander Payne at the time. Oh. <laughs> Which I didn't know. <laughs> so initially, Church and O played the scene as if it was funny, before Payne made the two act more and more passionate with each successive take. Okay, it turns out he's just the... He likes to watch. One, yeah, he's just that one guy from the end there who enjoys... Not the end, but near the end. Yeah. The waitress's husband. I don't remember. <laughs> right, right. Right. Is that Stacy Keach? I don't even... I can't remember. I don't know. But... You'll be surprised to hear the Payne and O divorced about two years later. Oh, see, thanks, Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. Well, you know, he showed the peen, got in the yeah, scene, and true. she was like, oh, there's there's bigger out there. Yeah, um, I like this, uh, this one better. <laughs> so 
Thomas Hayden Church credits Sideways with bolstering his career, saying, quote, So I would say that everything since 2003, actually even before that, because I met Alexander, I met with Alexander to be in elections. So that was the other one. Mm-hmm. in like 97, and we really hit it off. And then I met with him repeatedly to do a role in About Schmidt, and it just didn't work out. And then Sideways came up, and he was already familiar with me because I'd had multiple meetings with him. So yeah, everything since 2003 has been touched by Sideways in some way, for sure. Mm-hmm. Touched by Sideways. <laughs> um, now to go back to Rex Pickett, he was really unhappy with the changes that Sandra O. Oh made to her character this included changing her name from tara to stephanie having her ride a motorcycle and giving her a biracial child why does any of that matter i don't know but i guess that all those are all sandra's suggestions they're like yeah sounds good um (laughs) if i was alexander fan i'd be like i don't give a shit sure (laughs) right exactly none of that matters at all also you know he's married to her right so he's like that sounds great babe great suggestions (laughs) you're full of good ideas (laughs) and then uh so (laughs) he retaliated for this Mm. in his retaliated yeah he in his follow-up novel okay tara is just mentioned right Uh just like just like a little bit there but the way she's mentioned is that she is now working as a prostitute in reno well, you know, if he's retaliating to the filmmakers in his sequel, is it any wonder that Alexander Payne passed on that one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. You're angry at my ex-wife, so you're yeah. gonna tell her. You're gonna call her a prostitute in Reno. Sure. Yeah. Let's make that film. Yeah, absolutely. Let me call yeah. her up and see if she's willing to do it. Are you willing to be mentioned <laughs> briefly in the sequel? She's like, mm, stop calling me. Yeah. Exactly. So the food that Miles, Jack, and Miles' mother ate during the, mm-hmm. the dinner scene at, uh, at his mom's house, right, mm-hmm. gave all three of them food poisoning. Oh, great. <laughs> Excellent work, movie. Yeah. Well, you know, they didn't have a very big budget. That's okay. That's, that's it. We got to let you save money on the food you're supposed to eat in the scene. Yeah. I, I can't imagine why. I mean, we, we only took it out of the dumpster yesterday. Yeah, come um, on. It's still fresh. Now, Paul Giamatti admitted to faking every bit of wine knowledge <laughs> and not understanding why anybody would care about it. He also <laughs> claims he was shocked that he was cast in a lead role and initially thought it was a practical joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Paul Giamatti from Adam, but that that's very him, if you ask me. I, doesn't it? That's like, always what? how I imagined him. <laughs> Like, he didn't return the call at first because he thought somebody was fucking with him. No, whatever. And his agent is like, no, you gotta... You gotta leave a real offer. Yeah. You're gonna headline a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that sounds right. Have yep. you seen the way I look? <laughs> I have, actually. And I don't know. They still want you. Uh, an entire street was blocked off by the police for the filming of uh, the scene in which M.C. Ganey, oh, it's not Stacy Keese's, it's M.C. Ganey, mm-hmm. runs naked down the street. Moreover, the people who lived in the houses that were on the street were paid by the crew to stay inside their homes during the shooting of this of the scene. I don't know. Weird enough, I would have stayed inside regardless. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening out there. But I'm just going to hang out here. I wonder how much they got paid. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know, then again, the smart thing to do is to be like, I don't know, I awfully I wanted to go outside really yeah, exactly. fast. <laughs> it, it looks like it's like 6 a.m. I really keep, wanted to be out there. Keep driving up the price. Yep. I would have been like, I could just stand outside like, you know, water in the grass or something. That'd be <laughs> <nice. laughs> Thomas Aiden Church is like, I can also be naked if yeah. <laughs> if need be. I, I can get naked. Yeah. Um, the house where Miles retrieved Jack's wallet, right, mm-hmm. this same scene here, mm-hmm. was being used as a meth lab up until a few weeks before filming. What, they clear it out for the movie? What is this? I don't know. It was busted by police. Its interior was left essentially as is because the location scouts thought it was perfect for the scene. Yeah, it is, in fact, quite messy. I did notice that. I know. Well, I was thinking that, too. You know, it's funny. When they were going through it, I was thinking, like, didn't like, why is this all still here? You know? Yeah. Like, you yeah. think things would be thrown and, you know, not. it wouldn't look even – it would look even more disheveled. But then, of course, oh, no. we find out that he was perfectly okay with it. So Yeah. Not just perfectly okay with it, it preferred it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was the, that was the entire idea. Um, and most of the dialogue in the dinner scene with Miles, Jack, Maya, and Stephanie mm-hmm. was improvised. The first dinner scene? Because later they have, like, a whole day where they're hanging out together. And uh, No, the dinner scene where they're, like, they have the date, and he's all... The date, yeah. Which is surprising to me. I, I feel like Paul Giamatti must not have... They had to have had lines, right? That they mm-hmm. had to hit, and then maybe the rest of it was just talking and chit chat. Yeah, I don't know. When Miles and Jack are sitting beside the sea, and Jack commiserates over the rejection of Miles's novel, mm-hmm. Miles says, "I'm a smudge of excrement on a tissue surging out to sea with a million tons of raw sewage." Right? Mm-hmm. And Jack praises the phrasing, saying he could never write anything like that. So Miles says. You know, that's actually, it's not him, it's Bukowski. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, it's funny because that was written to sound like a Bukowski quote. Mm-hmm. But it is, but it was in fact written by Sideways Novels author Rex Pickett. <laughs> and never I, by Bukowski. I mean, I believed it when they said it. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I get that. <laughs> I, I kind of like that because it's just, just one more thing that Miles is incorrect about. Like he can't even get his misattribution correct. He was he correctly like he he did in fact write that that evocative bit of prose, but he he could he couldn't even credit himself with his own right. His own it seems very in character, actually. Mm-hmm. Very. Apparently, George Clooney campaigned for the part of Jack, but Alexander Payne thought Clooney was too big of a star. You know, I uh, I think that would have been a lot of fun. Because, <laughs> George because Clooney would like, have brought a very different like, yeah. look to this. It, it it almost wouldn't have been believable. Right, because he's just too handsome, you know? Yeah. Um, Thomas Hayden Church is, like, believably, like, could be an actor, but, like, not necessarily a big movie star. Right. <laughs> right, but George Clooney being the other one, you know, yeah, the less handsome like, one would be like... Yeah. Are you guys looking at the same people? You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Clooney did end up being a lead in one of Payne's other uh, features, which is The Descendants, which I think got it, did it win? I think it either won Best Picture or got nominated. So I don't think it won. I don't remember that, but I could also I also couldn't tell you what year that was, so maybe I shouldn't. Well, it's 2011. I could look it up real quick. It did not win. It was nominated. I should have known this because you know which one won. 
I don't know. The Artist. Oh, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Silent movie one in 2011. So the picture that Miles looks at when he's at his mother's house is actually a picture of Paul Giamatti. And his father, former Yale University president and commissioner of Major League Baseball, Bart Giamatti. You know, I actually knew that one. Did you really? You knew that he was commissioner of Major League Baseball? Yeah, I, I knew that he was uh, his father, and I knew that I think I saw that that's a real picture of them, which, you know, it obviously looks like Paul Giamatti when he was young, so that makes sense. Well, I knew it was definitely Paul Giamatti when he was young, but I was, I had I read no that idea somewhere. that he was a uh, yeah. MLB commissioner. That's just wild to me. A brief, only briefly, I think. Still, pretty cool. I was I wasn't denigrating his time. <laughs> I myself was commissioner for much longer. <laughs> um, so here's an interesting one. This was the first film to win a best to win like a best screenplay um, award from all five major critic groups: oh. National Board of Review, uh, New York, and Los Angeles Brit- Broadcast Film Critics, and National Society of Film Critics. A lot of critics. Also, the Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, the WGA, and ultimately the Academy Awards. So it was the only one to like win everything. So, or the first one to win everything. It's safe to say the film eggheads like this movie. It's safe to say they like the script, anyway. Oh, true, true. There you go. <laughs> the movie itself, I don't know, but and also the novel, but the script, I gotta tell you. So here, here's a fun one for you. Ready for this? Mm-hmm. The Sideways Wine Club. The licensee of Fox Searchlight Pictures was started in April of 2005 and became the fastest-growing wine club in the United States. It originally featured many of the wines seen in the movie, then expanded to include similar wines from all over the world. Wine from boutique producers who pour their heart and soul and second mortgage into their venture. You know, um, I believe it. However, it's a little confusing to me because I don't feel that this movie makes being that into wine Quite as glamorous. Really great, yeah. <laughs> and it seems to inspire people to uh, enjoy wine more than not. And like maybe they're because like um, Maya has like a more healthy relationship with being into wine. It would seem, maybe maybe Stephanie too, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Miles at the very, if nothing else, does not seem like I want to. I want to aspire to be more like him. But I don't know. I don't disagree with that, and it actually leads perfectly into the last quote notable here. Mm-hmm. So in a 2017 NPR story called The Sideways Effect, mm-hmm. where actually it was, it was discussing what was the sideways effect as well, so it was called The Sideways Effect, discussed The Sideways Effect. Apparently, Pinot Noir production mm-hmm. in California had increased roughly 170% since Sideways was released. Yeah, I believe it. Also, the sideways effect is credited with depressing the market for Merlot wine. <laughs> you know, I specifically remember at the time, and I remember thinking, what's wrong with Merlot? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that joke. But well, so it's not in the movie, but basically mm-hmm. that was the, white, the wine that his wife loved, his ex-wife. You believe, believe it or not, I looked it up this time, because I was like, I still don't understand what's wrong with Merlot. So I looked it up, and it's just a personal thing. It's not that Merlot is bad, necessarily. Right, right. But yes, because because Miles hates it and proclaimed at one point, no, if anyone orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot. 
Mm-hmm. So, but by November 2016, it appeared the damage done to Merlot sales by this movie had finally run its course. Twelve years after the movie was released. Finally. Imagine being someone who, as 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 that article said, you know, poured their heart and second mortgage into making Merlot and a throwaway line in a movie. Yeah, exactly. Just kills Depresses your market. Like, okay, thank you. Great. It's wonderful. Can you believe the impact, though? I mean, 12 years it took to recover from one line in this movie. It's kind of, um, it kind of doesn't speak all that well of, of people, in a sense, because they uncritically just went, no, we're a little bad. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Pinot Noir, good. He likes Pinot, and he clearly knows his wine. Yeah, you know, show the Pinot, get the Cino. Oh, excellent segue. So let's move on to our movie overview. I was that a segue. I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> movie overview. So here we go. The last 2004 nominee. Um, for some reason, this waking him up and making him move his car and yeah. his reaction to it. This is what I wrote at the very beginning of the movie. Okay. So, for some reason, this waking him up and making him move his car and his reaction to that happening, I couldn't help but think of Zach. I just feel that's exactly how that would have gone. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't even know why, but you're absolutely correct. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? Why is this? Like, you would have been kind of out of it, yeah. pretty annoyed. Mm-hmm. But you still would have gone down and done it, and then and been apologetic for it. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much exactly it. That's it, it, it. I don't know for everybody else, but it really built a lot of sympathy for me for this character because I was like, ugh, this would be a pain in the ass. <laughs> now that you mention it, and I love that. Like, so now he's like, he, he goes back in and he realizes that's the time, mm. which is a common trope in in film and yeah. and TV, anything really, right? Uh-huh. But then what I wasn't expecting is for him to just take the law. Like, he goes in and takes his shit, reading yeah. a book. Like, all right. He clearly wasn't that worried about it. And then he's running late, so he's got to stop at his coffee shop. His coffee shop and be all calmly, oh, okay, let me get a time. Let me get a spinach croissant, which is some reason. This is a great, this is a great lesson in comic framing. Because there isn't too much here that's like an out-and-out joke with a setup and a punchline. And yet it's all, it's all... It's all filmed extremely funny. So, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I just, it was, it was really well done. Um, <laughs> and I love that he tells the guy, he's like, "I'm in a hurry, so let's do it." Together. <laughs> yeah. Also, I want a croissant, you know. Yeah, for here to go. Oh, well, I'm in a hurry, so to go. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> sure thing, Miles. And then doing his crossword puzzle while, while driving. He's driving. <laughs> it's okay. I was like, wow, man. I was thinking, like, this this uh, this seems worse than texting and driving. It does. <laughs> Freaking L.A. I was also thinking at this point the score is very cutesy. Um, extremely cutesy. We'll get to score later, but um, the uh, – you know, we'll get to it later. I won't say anything about it now. Okay. I, I have a lot of thoughts on this score. For the first time, I think, in all of our Best Picture nominees, I do have a lot of thoughts on it. Well, I thought it was really – Kind of, so he he shows up at this house, right? And mm-hmm. he's, you know he's meeting Jack, his friend, who's clearly mm-hmm. been waiting for him forever, and he's not yeah. happy about it. Yeah. Um, and then they're they're like 
talking to him about mm-hmm. his uh, his novel. Mm-hmm. And this guy tells an aspiring novelist that novels are bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. And and Miles's reaction of just, well, thank you for that opinion. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. And I like how he waits. You know, he doesn't just say, oh, I, th- I hate novels. Oh, you, you wrote a novel? Oh, sorry, guy. It's, what kind of book did you write? Oh, a novel? I hate novels. I know, I know. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was, uh, and it's interesting, too, because, like, you know, Paul Giamatti is playing, or, you know, Miles is just a huge wine snob, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, I just thought it was, it just, like, so he's getting sort of, like, a ridiculous reaction, but, like, a lot of his reactions to all things related to wine are pretty Wine is very similar, yeah. If, if someone came in and was like, oh, I like this, he'd, he'd, he'd unabashedly give his opinion on what that, on how that wine is or whatever. In fact, we'll see that, we'll see that plenty later. Repeatedly throughout, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how he was, like, telling his friend there, he's like, don't say that shit because they'll think you're stupid. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, I didn't know that. Like, I, it seems like a legitimate question to me. It's even in, it's even in the name, Pinot you know, Noir. It's black. And yet, and, and, or dark, I suppose. And, uh, and meanwhile, it's white. And also the drinking just glasses of wine while driving. There's another, <laughs> yes. another part where I was like, these guys don't care if they get pulled over, do they? But I did enjoy that, his, that he was such a pessimist and his friend is such an optimist. You know, mm-hmm. like right yes. from the beginning, we're seeing this, you know, mm-hmm. this dynamic because <laughs> and this is the, this is the one part where I feel like the you and me um, relationship switched, not mm-hmm. the pessimist versus optimist, mm-hmm. but like the fact that he clearly didn't read the book. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that being you. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's great. I love the, the new ending. ending. Yeah. <laughs> this is much better. <laughs> I love, but the best part about it is that he goes, he's like, nothing's changed from 750 pages on. And then, yeah. And then Jack goes, oh, I just, you may, maybe it was all the changes that you made. It just seemed different to me. Right. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, that must be it. <laughs> um, that made me you laugh know, out loud. It, it was again with the, with the, delivery and just the framing of it all it doesn't even have to be that great a joke it's still just it's funny because of i guess human nature or whatever but um like really though you really expect jack to have read all of that miles right you know? exactly like, are we looking at the same person that you, you actually think he read that whole fucking thing <laughs> and then later we get the i mean maybe we should save it for later but later we, we get to see what the manuscript is transported in <laughs> right. like, really you handed this guy that and he he sat through it all okay <laughs> of, un, of uncorrected you know just paper you printed yeah i was i was curious at this point i'm like what does miles do for a living you yeah know? and yeah eventually they mention it they do eventually and so you know we find out he's an eighth grade english teacher but i was just mm-hmm. like it seems like he's just you know <laughs> unemployed you know <laughs> Unemployed writing and going to wine tastings. Yeah. When he's explaining why he was late. Well, there was a tasting last night. And and then he stops at his mom's house. And of course, Jack is like, dude, come on. We're supposed to be like, this is supposed to be like my bachelor party. Yeah. We're going to your mom's house? Yeah. And then, and then they're, 
you know, she's like, are you guys hungry? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sitting down to dinner. Yeah. Just a quick snack. Yeah. And then she's like, you guys can stay all night. And he's like, uh-huh. you, you know, Jack's like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, oh, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> what the hell, man? It's, uh, I actually do feel bad for Jack here because he's been wanting to get going for quite a while. And my husband's been waiting with the in-laws forever. <laughs> and then we're hanging out at your mom's house all night. Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, then we get kind of the first reprehensible act for Miles. Yeah. Where Stealing money from his mother. Yeah, like that's a serious wad of cash, by the way, that she's got hiding under an Ajax bot- bottle. Yeah, um, clever, <laughs> clever hiding device. However, I will say, anyone looking through your your drawer, if they find an Ajax bottle in there, they'll figure something's up because that's not where you keep Ajax. So. Isn't that a thing though? Didn't didn't older people used to keep Ajax in their drawer to keep their oh, clothes maybe, fresh? Maybe they did, but in which case it's a much better ruse. Well, except for you know you, your your um, burglars are probably not going to be of the same generation. I, that's also true. <laughs> so my point still stands, you know, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what the fuck is this doing here? What the yeah, hell? Um... Like, what the hell's Ajax? <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I'm gonna break it. And also, it's probably pretty clearly not filled with Ajax when you pick it up, right. given the weight. Um, so, uh, you know, not the best ruse. And also, she's of that generation, I guess, who has decided not to earn any interest on that money and just leaving it in in yeah. cash, cash under their mattress or whatever, just waiting to be stolen. And yeah. then later. In the, and in a couple of seconds, you know, she asks Miles if he needs any money. I know. He could have just asked her for money and she would have given it to him. Although maybe not as much as he took. Yeah. Um, he took several hundred, it seems. Funnily enough, somebody actually convinced her to start putting money in a bank. And she mm. chose the Silicon Valley Bank. So, worked out. Oh, ouch. <laughs> She's like, this is why Ajax bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really bottles. Ajax containers are a better investment than... Uh, than banks. She's like, I've seen the big short. It hasn't come out yet, but I've seen it. I've seen it. I know it's coming. Yep. Um, and then I, I I actually was shocked that they ended up staying there after all. Yeah. And then they leave like he's like, No, 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 don't touch the TV. It'll wake her up. It'll wake her up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um It's funny that you can start off like they do they they give you very little to find to endear you to this character. I know. In fact most of his behavior is pretty not good. And yet, I don't know. You, I know. You're still, I still, you're still rooting for him by the end. Mm-hmm. I, you know what was making me curious is it makes me – it made me wonder what the dynamic between, like, actors who become famous or even, like, slightly famous and have money mm-hmm. and, um, and their childhood friends that maybe haven't done as well. Yeah, that's you know, true. It's sort of like – I would think that would be a hard thing to like continue a friendship with that kind of a disparity in income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack is, you know, at least making enough uh, making money through voice acting, which probably does him okay, or at least better than eighth grade English teaching. Well, he's in a big house and Miles is in a little apartment, so Yeah, not not the greatest and also just I imagine Jack has a car, right? And yet they take Miles's not so Bob. new car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um which, I mean, we'll get to later. It ends up worse for wear by the end. Um, Why? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. If you want, you can go get famous if you like. I'll, uh, we can uh, 
we can we can test that dynamic if you like. You know what's funny is I think that that dynamic would. I actually think that you or like somebody like uh, Miles here would actually have an easier time with that dynamic. Maybe yeah. not Miles. I think you would have an easier time with that dynamic than I would. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you got rich, I would be like, dude, some money. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I got rich, you would just be like, "Good for you." Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, not speaking for anybody else, but I uh, I don't expect to to succeed in anything, so it would make perfect sense. I'd be like, "Yeah, that that about that about fits." He seems to work hard at that kind of stuff. I don't, but whatever. Enjoy your enjoy your your windfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you maybe you buy the the wine sometimes. That's all I ask. Yeah. Right. Well, and see, and this is the other difference in our personality too is that like if i got rich i would want to buy everybody's stuff Mm -hmm. and not because i'd want to flaunt it but just because i'd be like this is great we can all like i've got tons of money let's spend it look at all this money throwing it around (laughs) yeah and and i feel like it wouldn't you know some people might think like oh he's like trying to show off but it wouldn't be Mm -hmm. about that for me you know Mm -hmm. i would just be like excited that i have the opportunity to to share you know Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, well, that's enough about me. Let's go back to this. <laughs> yes. Um, this is, so they're, they're eating at a, uh, mm. at a diner or whatever again. And, you know, they're talking about getting laid and, um, Miles goes, it's never free, mm-hmm. which is a really pessimistic outlook <laughs> yeah. on sex. Um, and then we find out he's an eighth grade English teacher in this scene. Mm. And then we get the excellent line line that ends this scene and get your bone smooched (laughs) (laughs) i have never heard that before um i'm not sure anybody has before (laughs) no one had jack hadn't heard it before he he said it it's pretty fantastic and get your bone smooched (laughs) Mm -hmm. well i was thinking that miles was seeming very selfish because he's like taking his friend to a bachelor party that's seems to be for him for him yeah yeah uh you know i i'd be willing to bet it's the sort of thing where miles was like no i don't want to go to any kind of anything like that i don't you know i don't want to and then jack's like all right well what if we went to the thing you like i'll actually do that yeah it's the only way it's the only way he could get him to participate in something like that 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 doesn't make him sound any better though either. No, it doesn't make him sound better. I was trying to excuse his personality flaws. Um, I can't I, I, imagine being a wine guy. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh no, it's gonna ask you, that's a good that's a good question. Um, you you don't like wine particularly? I just who gives a shit? You know, I. You know. So that's a, that's a no. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you though, like. I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I don't really care about pretty much anything that's alcoholic because Mm -hmm. this is my take on it. Okay. Nothing with alcohol in it actually tastes good, right? Mm -hmm. The only reason you're drinking it is to get the, you know, the high, the buzz off of it. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, I don't need to acquire a taste to something that tastes bad. Mm -hmm. Like nobody could possibly convince me that any, any wine ever is better than grape juice. Well, the characters in this movie rather disagree with scene. Yeah. Uh, well, that's because they're so, stupid. That's because they're stupid. Just think of <laughs> Maya has a very nice little speech later about how I do like wonderful her speech, she is. Actually, um, it makes me want to enjoy 
that kind of thing. Like people will talk about like IPAs and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, I'm like, and it feels like you're missing out. Sometimes I feel like, oh man, I guess I, you know, I wish I was more into it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, and then like I'll taste some, like I take a sip and I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. Oh, IPAs are kind of. It's funny that those became so big because that is a bad beer to get to 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 get into beer with because, <laughs> good lord, it's, it's abrasive and uh, aggressive. Well, well, is the way I'll say. The the reason that you know why they're called India Pale Ales is because they lasted long enough to make the trip to India. Right, I did know that, actually. So, and uh, it's because they already tasted like they've gone bad a little bit. If you're wanting to get somebody into beer, you should go with a stout or something, something much more mild. Well, it's just, I mean, we're, human beings are nuts, right? I mean, we're basically like, how could we poison ourselves without killing ourselves? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of us all over. Yeah. Um, just look at all the things we eat. You know, nature is like, oh, this a plant is sitting there in nature going, I evolved ridiculous amounts of capsaicin in my seeds so that anything that eats me will be in excruciating pain. Humans are like, thank you. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now I get that, like, alcohol became a thing to drink because people got sick from drinking water, right? Yeah, water wasn't safe. Right. Um, so, okay, fine. Also, like, how have we survived as a species <laughs> that we can't drink well, fucking water, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of us didn't, but we did make it through. It's amazing to me. Like, all these other animals are like, yeah, we can break all this stuff down. We can drink any water. Dogs can drink puddle water, and mm-hmm. it's totally fine, you know? Because mm-hmm. they, they're, you know, the acidity or, I don't know, whatever. They can fucking handle it. And yet, human beings are like, we're the apex people on the planet, you know, things on the planet. And we're like, don't give me water that hasn't been purified, though, because water, it'll mess up my belly. Yeah, ooh. I feel I feel sick now. I've always actually wondered that, but uh, whatever. We we have the capacity to boil water, so we do. Good for us, I guess. Um, but... <laughs> Went on humanity's gravestone, was able to boil water sometimes. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, them sticking their noses in the glasses. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is too much for me. That's that's beyond the point that I'll. I'll I'll do it, but I do like uh I do like a nice wine every so often. I'm uh they drink a lot of Syrah in this movie and that's my favorite kind of wine, so I was like, ooh when they're describing like for instance, the the I was thinking of going and getting some for this broadcast and like tasting it on the air. I did not though. Um but it was the reason I did is because I noticed that I looked it up and the place up the street for me has an Andrew Murray Syrah from 2019, not 2002. I uh, paused and looked at the bottle, but uh, I guess that's all I have to say about it, but I did not. But, but also the reason I could afford it is because that's the one Maya didn't like. She's like, this is too alcohol forward. They, 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 uh, they hid the fruit behind the alcohol. Well, you're getting ahead here on that, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yep. And then he's like, "Oh, all condescendingly, you're right." Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he agreed with that or was just trying to trying to be nice to her. But uh, but no, the, my point about me being able to afford that one. Um, if you look up some of the di- different ones that I mentioned by name in this movie, um, we don't know yet that Miles has a '61 Cheval Blanc. I found a 2019 Cheval Blanc that was uh, two thousand dollars. So I don't know what a 1961 
would cost. Well, it probably costs a lot less now because it, it peaked in 2004. It peaked in 2004, yeah. So if I was, I mean, imagine being able to sell it for that much money. And instead he, well, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... He could get a new car for it, probably, you know? You probably could. I, I enjoyed, though, that he's like, you know, I get a sense of this and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then Jack. Yeah. Strawberries, yeah. Not the cheese. Yeah, strawberries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not the cheese. And then it's like ends. It's like ending the scene, and he goes, are you chewing gum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie, The movie was way funnier than I remembered it being. It's got know? a ton of little humor like that. And I, I was enjoying their conversations. It just they felt mm-hmm. very real to me, you know? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And then we get a very bizarre line from Miles. This seemed out of character when he goes, tighter than a nun's asshole. <laughs> yeah, that was a little strange. I uh, I get the impression, though, that it's one of those things, like his 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 pronouncements on a lot of these wines feel very, like, performative to me to a certain extent. Yeah. So, like, it's the sort of thing, like, uh, either he spends time thinking of, of amusing ways to describe these wines so as to impress whoever he's talking to, or um, it's just the sort of thing people say. And, like, I heard somebody describe something like that once, so I'm going to say it, too, because I thought it was fun. <laughs> I took it as something like that. I also, I, I actually was thinking that they were trying to say he was getting more and more drunk. More and more drunk would be. Less inhibited, you know? Yep. Um, either way, it was a little too descriptive for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then uh, we're going to meet Maya for the first time, who is like very clearly into him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, and Jack was like right on the money there. He was like, yeah, she's into you. Mm-hmm. And instead of continuing conversation, he says, I recommend the ostrich steak. <laughs> which, yeah. which I was like, that's awesome, because I want to have an ass- ostrich farm. <laughs> Well, apparently California wine country is the place to, I know, place to have it, turns out. So, by There's the no way, listeners, you know, if you want to, like, help the podcast, you're also helping me achieve my dream of having an ostrich farm, just so you know. Yeah. Um, that is a, that's a, it's an honorable dream. You can provide yeah. ostrich steaks. Honorable. <laughs> hey, ostrich you know, they're, they're a lean red meat. Great. So am I. That, yeah. <laughs> well... All right, so then he's like, you know, like, oh, you might recognize me from this voiceover work. 5.8% APR. Yeah, like, that's yeah. not a great APR at all. <laughs> I wasn't paying any attention. I was, I was kind of thinking that his his voiceover guy voice was a little, a little not much. Not very good, yeah. Yeah. When she's like, oh, you sound exactly like what I, I kind of thought he didn't. I kind of thought he sounded kind of bad, actually, but that's all right. <laughs> Well, so then you know this ends, and they're gonna now they're gonna have breakfast, and he's like, um, he's like, well, so what's the plan? And he's like, oh, you know, Miles is like, oh, I'm glad you asked. Let's start talking about it. And then Jack's just like staring at him, <laughs> and I don't, can't remember exactly what he said, but I remember that the end was, you know, any of your neghead downer shit. I was like, "Oh, okay. So now Jack's a dick, right? Yeah. Now we yeah. have to see how he how he's a dick." <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get we'll get that. Um, and then this, they start this, going through these like, "Oh, go ahead." I was gonna ask if this is the part where he's asking him, you know, he's there's a part where Jack is telling him that he doesn't need 
therapy. He doesn't need his his medications. He he just needs you know what did he say before with getting just, his bone? Yeah, he just needs to get his bone smooched. Hey, bone <laughs> smooched. That's it exactly. I I think that's this this scene. Yeah, and um and this and and Miles is like, well, fuck it, I'll leave then. This um, is just all about you. Yeah. Well, but kind of it is, Miles. It kind of is all about him, actually. It's this Bachelor weekend or whatever. Or week, I suppose. Which is kind of um, a lot, by the way, to have a Bachelor week. Yeah. How did, how did Miles get away from teaching classes for a week? Maybe well, it's a week. They, it's, Maybe it's it a... sounds like it was spring break. I mean, okay. I, you know, because yeah, show right, the MTV right. thing, so. Well, it's spring break 1991. <laughs> right. They're having his Bachelor week in the past. Um. Well, so they, they, you know, they calm back down and they're going to go to these other, you know, they're doing their wine tour. But uh, did you, I enjoyed these like PBS, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood style vignettes of people yeah. working the vineyards. And they showed ostriches. I'm like, damn, I want an ostrich farm. <laughs> this is the entire movie thinking about how much I want an ostrich farm. Yeah. Now, do you, do you know anything about ostriches? again later. Do I know anything about them in terms yeah. of what? Uh, anything. Care. Uh, husbandry um well so i what, looked what into it are. years ago because i really uh-huh. was like you know i had convinced sarah that we were going to do it uh-huh. um and then we ended up with this house which has no a single ostrich yeah no ostrich no acreage um no no ostrich to be found but uh yeah i mean there's a, there's an um aoa american ostrich association so i I've I've downloaded a lot of manuals and stuff on there. I I no, mean it, I, I have actually put in some research in this. I I couldn't tell you specific things, but I know where to find the information. Where um the American Ostrich Association is that for ostrich farmers or for ostriches? For <laughs> for ostrich farmers. You know, card carrying ostrich of the American Ostrich Association. That's right. Um, now here's my other question: Why ostriches? Why not? <laughs> Why? Oh, I have no answer to that. I guess. <laughs> Are you particularly into tall birds? Well, I what I so ostriches I think tall. are. <laughs> I think what I I think ostriches are cool, right? Uh-huh. Um, but what's fascinating is that with an ostrich, you know, it's it's healthy meat, right? So they don't produce uh, carb like the carbon emissions that cows do. But they still mm. produce steaks and everything, so it's like it's a replacement meat for cows. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you can sell like everything. You sell mm. their feathers, you know. Their their ostrich leather is huge. Um, ostrich leather, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, there's tons of ostrich leather, and there's uh, like there's so much stuff that like of like it felt like you wouldn't be um, you could use every bit of them. So, like, if you're going to slaughter something, at least we're using everything. Okay, okay. So I like that. Not that we don't do that with chickens, although I want chickens too. Um, and I just think they're really cool that they are they don't require as much care because mm. they are opportunistic eaters. They'll just eat whatever the fuck they, you know, like, I oh, I found a rock here. That sounds good. Just like you. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, was this, oh, but no, these uh, the little split screen of all of these things happening, it worked for me. It was strange. It worked for me, too. But it, I was like, this is fun. It Not felt very, all. like, old school, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like it fe- I, I mean, I guess I already said it, but it felt like a PBS special, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get to, we meet Sandra O. Oh, we meet Stephanie mm-hmm. for the first time mm-hmm. here. 
With yeah. And she says, I know, I need to be spanked. Then she walks away. And I was like, Wow. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I noticed that she you see this is this is I don't want to say performative on her part, but uh she says that and then uh, walks makes away a, and then kinda like walk away her and, side uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so okay so at the very least i do like that jack is not necessarily pursuing women who aren't interested he, he gauges interests and then pursues which is good he's not like harassing women that don't want to be bothered with him yeah this is like more of a definition of a womanizer mm-hmm. than harvey weinstein yeah so, yeah um so that's good. <laughs> yes. We're looking for positive things to say about that. I mean, at this point in the movie, I'm like, I can see why Alexander Payne thought these characters were pathetic. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> pathetic. In fact, both of them in different ways. <laughs> exactly. Um, so wait, hold on. I have a question, though. What Were ostriches on your top ten birds? Because I don't remember them being. No. So what's that about? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I have no answer. <laughs> I should have had him on there. I could have talked about yeah. how I want to have an, astr- an ostrich farm. Exactly. Oh. And why ostriches are not emus? Actually, either one is fine. Oh, okay. I thought but maybe ostriches were the I preferred because they're big. Yeah, the ostriches are they're slightly bigger, so they give more meat, but either one would be fun to have. I, I thought this was, I mean, it was just so fascinating because... You know, he's like, oh, I invited Victoria. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, no, you did. That's fine. It's fine. You know, and he's like, well, no, there's more. She's remarried. It's so fascinating to me because, like, in this era, in this day and age, mm-hmm. you would definitely know that already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's actually funny because it's not that long ago, but in some ways. Yeah, I know. Also, can we just say that's kind of a dick move to invite your best man's ex yeah, is it explained exactly why she's? Are it was were they friends outside of Miles or something? Because they didn't explain that, but I sort of it sort of doesn't matter. Yeah, if this is your best true. man, unless yeah. unless she's the maid of honor for your wife, then yeah. she should not be invited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, but. Miles, Miles has a little breakdown here, grabs a bottle of wine, and runs off. In, in, in another crazy, comic. ridiculous run that they both have. Yep, another comic little bit. Like this, this. Uh, I think this is our action scene. Yeah, in this movie. <laughs> it's a chase scene. Yep, this is chase, chase and fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, and did he down the entire bottle of wine? By the way, I think it was an already open bottle. Right, because he just pulls out the cork. He right. pulls out the cork without breaking his teeth off or anything like that. <laughs> so he just drinks the rest of it, then tosses it, and then some some wine picker is gonna be like, "Why is there a bottle out here in my wine?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And then wine got ahead of itself. And then he he starts groping some some uh, grapes on the vine, and he feels better. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, he likes wine. He likes grapes too much. <laughs> he likes grapes a bit too much. And at this point, I was like, we're only 37 minutes in. We still have an hour and a half left. <laughs> I know. It feels like, like, I actually felt like that too. And that's not to say so much that the movie felt slow so much as I was kind of wondering what was, I don't know. I was kind of wondering where it was going to go from there. I think it was sort of a slow build. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But by the time they actually start, like, talking to the ladies and stuff, mm. I, I think it it's, it, 
it didn't like feel long to me after that. At this yeah. point, I was like, "What are we doing?" You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I and I don't mean that. in a bad way. I just mean like, where are we headed? This I, mm-hmm. I feel like this I've is... been watching this longer than I have. Yeah, an hour and fifteen minutes left of just this might be a bit much. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I'm like the Jack here. I'm like, I don't know how anybody could be this duplicitous. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm just not a good liar, but I could not handle calling my fiance when I'm actively trying to bang someone else. Yeah. Um, and like, it kind of, it kind of like makes the parallel that he can do this because he's an actor. So like his entire life is acting, but that, that I'm not hundred percent sure that worked for me quite so much. I didn't really understand that thought process. That logic didn't, didn't follow for me. Yeah, me neither. And also, like, it's two actual actors who are saying these things. So, like, did Paul Giamatti's wife, Mrs. Giamatti, go, mm, well, what exactly are you hiding, Paul? He's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm not hiding anything. So this, actually, this this scene, when they're going to dinner, this is the dinner scene where beforehand he says, I am not drinking any fucking Merlot. Mm-hmm. It's actually really funny the way he delivers it. Absolutely. Because he's like so crazy aggressive and Jack's like, okay, Miles, Jesus, no yeah. Merlot. <laughs> I, like that, I like that as little as Jack knew, knows about wanting, he knew beforehand, and you're drinking Merlot if they order it. And he's like, no! It's, I like that it's like a running thing. Yeah. It's like a continuing issue that, that <laughs> Miles will not drink Merlot. This has come up before. Sort yeah. Of like um, and it's it was also, I thought, very interesting the way they showed the connections between um, Stephanie and Jack and Maya mm-hmm. and Miles because it felt like Maya and Miles were actually co- connecting much uh, on a much deeper level. Oh, absolutely. You know, like he's asking her, like, "What do you do to close up shop?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah. do this stuff." And he's and they're talking wine. It's a shared interest. Mm-hmm. Um, Not just busy talk, I guess. I don't know. Right. I, I and, also am like, why, I don't know why he has to make up a lie about Miles's book, Jack. Yeah, that's another good point. Maybe it's like he doesn't know when, not that not that any time lying is necessarily great, but just kind of continues to lie even when it's not necessary. And like Miles did not ask him to. Yeah, well, he keeps being like, oh, this is to celebrate Miles. I'm like, why can't you just say we came up for wine tasting? Mm-hmm. I guess I just don't understand why it was necessary, but I mean, whatever. I guess he's just trying to throw them off the scent. Um, I really feel for Miles in this because he's so clearly going through a rough time, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I don't know if you can really call it a drunk dial. Yeah. You know? Um, Because, like, nowadays, drunk dialing is as easy as taking your phone out and just pushing the screen, right? Yep. But back then, he had to go to a payphone put money in, and then dial the number. Mm-hmm. Like, there were so many opportunities for him to think, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and yet, he and doesn't yet. take a single one. Yeah, exactly. Not taking his own as advice. But, um, yeah, I was thinking this, this uh, you know, it, I think it could have gone worse, to be honest. Mm-hmm. No, I, I probably. Um, I feel like there's a lot of movies out there that would have made that scene, like, into an argument. Mm-hmm. And instead, they just make it into. It felt more real, actually. No, actually, it did. Um, you get her. She she like knows pretty quickly. Oh, oh you're drunk, and, I, and you're calling me. Right. 
etc. And but it's not like a big scene or anything. It's just sad. Right. She just sort of pities him. Mm-hmm. You know. And then, um, you know, he's just sad. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being like an argument thing, it's like it's more like it's sort of passive aggressive mm-hmm. with him. Um, like, well, then I won't go to the wedding. And then she's like, I actually think that's a good idea. Yeah. And then again, I'm like, no, you shouldn't fucking go to the wedding. You know? Yeah. I was kind of thinking that too. He's like, the what best the? Yeah. Man. You're right. The best man isn't going to go to the wedding because whatever. But I just felt like in that moment you should have been like it. I feel like she should have been like, you know what, Miles, I actually think I shouldn't go. Yeah, you'd think so, but who knows? Maybe Ken is uh, is really is really good friends with uh, – I can't remember the name of the fiancé. Yeah, me either. Christine. Christine. Oh, That's well done. Um, you know what actually I pictured was her name showing up on the uh, on the little phone when, when Jack is oh. all over. With... How about that? Excellent uh, work. I think it's – yeah. <laughs> okay, so so he walks back to the table, and then the girls are like, "Well, let's go to the let's you know go talk," and they leave, and and Jack's being all like kind of you know kind of suave, right? Like, "Oh, don't take too long, ladies." Uh, then looks back mm-hmm. at him, "What the fuck? <laughs> What's <laughs> yeah. up with you?" And then we find out that that uh, Miles had an affair with mm-hmm. apparently yep. Brenda. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's an interesting little thing to drop. Miles is all upset about, you know, not his 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 divorce here is like keeping him from moving on in life, but it's a little bit of his own doing. Yeah, it it made me feel a little less bad for him actually, which I'm like, geez, are you gonna let me feel bad for this guy? You know, like, <laughs> no, we're just gonna continue showing shitty things about him. So they they head back to Stephanie's house, and this is where we're gonna really see uh, Maya and Miles kind of hit it off. Mm-hmm. And they're talking, you know, they're talking about wine and like what their bottles that they have stashed away are. And he said, "This is when we find out he's got the '61 Cheval Blanc." Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that she was like, "The day you open a '61 Cheval Blanc is a special occasion." Yeah, that was a very nice line. Um, yeah. It's a cool mentality to have. It is. I get him saving it for like maybe sharing it with somebody, but she does have a point. Like you can't spend that kind of money on it, and uh, you know, just. You have to you have to open the bottle of your life at some point. Um, no. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I was trying something there. Didn't work. Oh. I thought it was fine. I didn't have an issue with it. I, Let's move on. I well, this we're gonna find out that Stephanie has a kid in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, this is where I'm gonna say I was kind of on Rex Pickett's side. Mm-hmm. I actually think that having a kid is a detriment to the story. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I mean, you know, I could be wrong here, but I just don't know many single moms that would be this open with somebody this early. Yeah. Be like, yeah, here's my kid. Here's, you know, and you told me you loved me. So I believe it. I'm like, you know, single mothers are, are, they've kind of been through it at this point. Well, you know? Well, she will she will have been through it by the end of this either way. But I actually agree. It's and it's later. Um, it's a different scene when she the kid wakes up and um yeah go, go like Uncle Jack will put you Uncle to bed. Like, you've known this guy for like two days. Yeah, I you don't know? like it at all. I, I yeah. think it's a I, so I agree with Rex here. I think it's a bad 
think mm-hmm. it's bad. I mean, if I hadn't known that it was added, I would mostly just be talking about how shitty of a mom she is. So, mm-hmm. so I guess whatever. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. Um. So they're you know anyway, Miles and I are talking, and they're she's asking about his book. And he's describing his book, and I'm like, Jesus, he does not make this book sound good at all. No, he kind of doesn't. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually kind of like the title. I think she, I don't know. She kind of I don't know. Doesn't make fun the of it. The day after kinda, yesterday. Yesterday. I yeah. liked it too. She's like, you mean today? And it's you know, you're kind of missing the point of of a title like that, you know? Yeah, I like that he was like, yeah, but it was uh, okay. Yeah, it's like more 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 meaningful, more more meaning to it than just. I'm not. I'm just calling it today. They, what they should have done is called this movie um, the direction parallel to up and down. <laughs> Wouldn't it be perpendicular? Yeah, I guess you're right. Perpendicular to up and down. Ninety degrees to up and down. Excuse me. <laughs> um, but you know, it's still like a nice, genuine connection that 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 they're making, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that is. And oh, yeah. They're actually having, like, a nice conversation that's, like, pleasant to, and to, be, to like, be, be party to. Yeah, being a fly on the wall for it. Whereas the other two, like... They're just banging. Got, they just got to other business pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I felt like it was kind of sad that it was sort of forced to start out with a lie, you know? Yeah, also true. I get, I get Miles as a... I get Miles's per- perturbance at that because, like, just he's clearly you know, liked her for longer, you know, like yeah. than the movie starts out at, you know. Yeah, and imagine actually getting to know, like, getting to know each other from more firm footing, and he can say, "Well, nobody has picked up my novel yet, but here's what it's about." If, right. Exactly. And it's really not even that big a difference, but it's still starting things off from a place of, like you said, duplicity. So. Yeah. And then, so she asks him why he's so into Pino, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he sort of, you know, he gives his explanation, which was nice. And then he asks her why she's into wine, and mm-hmm. wow, what a mm-hmm. speech. Yeah. Delightful writing and acting here. It's just, yes. uh, this entire, this is like, this is one of the scenes I actually remembered best from the first time I saw it, which is saying something, giving, they're just, they're sitting there talking yeah. in the dark. But no, both of their uh, both of them are extremely eloquent on the subject. I like Miles is is Miles you know Miles talking is talking about himself when he's talking about pedo grapes, right? Right. <laughs> you know, need someone to take care of them, thin skins. Right. Exactly. Etc. Um, you you need someone who really cares about it in order to bring out the best in it. And then, uh, I don't know her her outlook on wine in general is just sort of a good outlook to have on life, and like I said, a healthy healthy way to actually to enjoy wine rather than just I don't know, drinking too damn much. Right, right. Well, I just, I mean, her, like, yeah, I agree with you. It was really, uh... This is where we found out she's going to school for horticulture, too. Right, which he was fascinated by, which I would have been, too. And then he's like, Mm -hmm. you want to work in a winery? Yeah. And it, she's almost looked kind of put off by that. Yeah. Well, you know what? No, you you keep going. I'll I'll. No, 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 I was, I was going to say, I don't really know why. So, did you have a thought? I kind of did. She's put off in it in the same way that he's put off on her not quite getting the title of his novel where she's like, that's not really the point. The point isn't working in a winery. The point is, you know, appreciating slash learning. It's a lifetime thing, but she'd think he'd understand like teaching English, given that English, you know, literature is not something that 
a skill that directly anyone who uh, anyone who took or majored in any kind of thing like English will have gotten questions of, well, what do you want to teach? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do the other thing? It's like, well, no, it's just I think studying this is important for life. Right, right. I think it makes you a better person. That's an interesting take on that because you're probably right. That's probably what it is. It's like, well, I'm not doing it to yeah. become something. I'm just doing it to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Become a better person, if nothing else. Yeah. Become a more full version of me. Well, it's funny because, you know, I think that going through public school systems has mm-hmm. sort of trained us on the idea that you're doing this to do something with it as mm-hmm. opposed to just learning about something for the joy of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not what this movie is about at all, but yeah. I, uh, you know, I sort of wish we could do more of just enjoyment of learning mm. as a society. I was, I, I, I wrote, I, it seems like she should be the one writing novels. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Maybe she will. Maybe her and they'll, maybe, you know, she'll impart some of her uh, more healthy attitudes toward wine and he'll inspire her to take up her creative side. We don't know. Because we have not read. Uh, we haven't read Vertical. Vertical, yeah. Verticals. <laughs> vertical which, ways. Which is the parallel to Up and Down. You're right. That is the parallel. Is another different up and down that's over there. So, it never intersects. He he. <laughs> that's the name of my book. Never intersects. Wait, what? Hold on. Okay. I, well, <laughs> I mean, I feel like Miles has that. He would enjoy that title because he is terrified of her. Like, why is he so terrified? Like, he. I get that he hasn't been with anybody. I, I get all that, but I'm like. She touches his hand very lovingly. Mm-hmm. Clearly she likes you. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like as soon as I wasn't a virgin anymore, <laughs> you know, I would be like, okay, yep, gonna gonna take advantage of this. Not take advantage, <laughs> but you know, like I would I would continue this and he's just like, Oh boy. Well he, he gets he gets freaked out pretty. Well, you know, remember we get um we had earlier, we got um, Jack telling Christine that Miles is having one of his freakouts. Right. So, this is this is a recurring thing for him having a freakout in general. So well, he said, "No big deal. He's just having another one of his freakouts." So not only mm-hmm. is it is it commonplace, but yeah. they also don't attribute much to it. Mm-hmm. It's so don't pay attention to him. He's just freaking out <laughs> in the bathroom, you know, splashing. Yeah, all and he's yelling at himself, which. You know, he kind of should be. Well, yeah, you know, there's there's self-loathing, and then there's correctly self-loathing. <laughs> there's self-loathing of a moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and there's just, wow, I, I am shit. Yeah, and then he goes out and he finally makes a move. Which and is... I was, like, thinking, oh, this is going to work out, and it didn't at all. Ooh. She was like, okay, time to go. Well, that, you know, it's... I'm, like, curious what happened. Like, what went through her mind between the time she touched his hand to when he comes out and gives her a kiss. Yeah, it was like just the moment being lost, it seemed to me, and also him <laughs> taking a second in the bathroom and <laughs> coming out kind of wet and sweaty, <laughs> awkwardly, <laughs> awkwardly grabbing her head. And it's just, it was it was done with at that point, I guess. Yeah. Although I can also understand him being like, well, ugh, you know, I needed a second in the... That's what I was thinking, is I was like, well, this is going to be sort of demoralizing for him. 
you know, a little bit. Yeah. Like you were giving him like very clear, like I'm interested in this, and then you just, you know, I don't know that to me that would feel like, well, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> now I feel about... justified not having gone after it in the first place. Think about it this way. Imagine that you're in a job interview and they say, well, we'd be interested in offering you this position. What do you think? And then you leave, go to the bathroom for a while and come back all wet and then walk in and say, okay, well, I'm going to work here. I think, what do you, what do you think? And they'd go, actually, hold on a second. That was all strange. We need to talk about that before <laughs> yeah, we move ahead. I suppose there's that. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, I'm really emphasizing how wet he seemed to be coming out of that match. He, he, well, cause he poured water all over himself. He poured water all over himself and then didn't really bother to dry off. So, <laughs> so he's putting his, pushing his face into hers and she's like, okay, why is there water dripping down my forehead now? <laughs> this was straight. He just climbed out of a pool out of nowhere. I don't really get. Well, um, yeah, okay. I guess you uh you won me over with your arguments here. I see I see what you're saying. Um now we're going to find out that he really need desperately needs an editor cuz he gives her two shoebox uh two shoeboxes. Two shoeboxes full of of manuscript. And uh, here's another like something doesn't need to be like conceptually hilarious in order to be funny because of the way they frame Wait, here's the second big shoebox. And she's like, okay, well, now I have two big shoeboxes in my arms. And also, do you think it was kind of pathetic when he said, you know, she's like leaving and he says, do you still want to read my novel? And I was surprised that she said yes and ended up reading it. Well, you know, she still likes him. That's I, true. That's true. It ended up not working out that night, I guess. Yeah. There's more of it. I, um, well, I think there's a patheticness that's just inherent in everything he does, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I didn't really. I understand why just... he asked. You know, he's he's the type of guy that I think needs affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, um, I've written things in the past, uh, and I've always been terrified of people refusing to read it so i never have ever 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 asked i don't think another human being has read anything i've written practically so i um, have well it, you know goes to show your your taste i think you're a great writer so well again <laughs> this is self-proving but uh point being is that I, I for me when he said that out loud i, I cringe just because i wouldn't ever do it i'd be like all right well let's forget i ever said that i ever wrote anything so yeah you know, that's interesting, because maybe it's not true to his character to ask. I think it probably would have been better if she had been like, "Could I, do you still have the manuscript? Could I read it? Yeah, it might have been. Because um, I think kinda, you're right. He does still, still, still seem kind of drunk here at this point, too. And it was going to oh, lead maybe. to my It was also going to lead to my question of, how the hell do these two drive around so much? Well, being I feel like they do drunk. this in movies a lot, where they're like, "Yeah, people just drive drunk all the time," and I'm like, "Who does that so much?" I don't yeah, know I don't anybody like in my do. life that drives drunk ever. I've, yeah. I refuse to drink at all if I know I'm going to be driving. Basically, the same thing. If I have one glass of wine, one beer, one drink, I'm literally done for the night, and I'll just like hand the keys to someone else and be like, "You're driving from this point on," because I had one thing, and there is just. I there's I do not want to get pulled over and I'm at point oh eight one you know yeah me either I mean and like beyond that I would hate to like get into an accident mm-hmm. you know, oh and, yeah and for be sure even slightly over or even mm-hmm. even if I was like point oh six 
and yeah. got into an accident, I would just be like, well, I would forever blame myself for it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, so we're going to go back to the hotel now. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is when Christine's calling over and over again, leaving messages, and mm-hmm. it's just Miles in the uh, in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's clearly like not interested in getting all these calls from Christine. Yeah, yeah. Well, who is? Who would be? I mean. And then and then Jack walks in, and he's like, "All right, cool. You know, I had a great time. This was awesome." And and uh, you can tell that Miles is like, "Oh, great. We're gonna like go hang out and stuff. This will be nice." Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, change of plans. I'm I'm going to go hang out with Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought it was interesting that he's like, you need to check your voicemail. Uh-huh. Because it was actually helpful in that moment. Yeah. Like, it seemed – he made it look like he was doing something in, like, sort of vindictively. Mm-hmm. But I think what, I, what I'm getting the sense of now is he thought that this would stop – him from going with Stephanie, yes. and that they could spend the day together. Yeah, that that is not the case. Yeah, and then he, he luck lucked out, got voicemail. It's all good. Do you have that other condom? Yeah, that other condom. <laughs> and of course he does. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, and then you know he goes out and does his thing and comes back, and there is Thomas Hayden Church's bare ass. I'm not expecting to see. Well, at the beginning of the movie, during the rating part, I saw nudity, and I was like, I didn't remember there being nudity in this. And then I, I think that's most of the nudity, although there's a, there's no, there's, there's full, some more nudity. <laughs> there's there's some more full frontal later, but not who you're thinking. <laughs> not Paul Giamatti either. No. Um. So yeah, uh, that was that's an interesting and just Miles is like, okay, I. Who's gonna come back to the to the room and now they're doing it right there? I guess I don't know. So yeah, go do something. Put a sock like on the doorknob or something, man. For real. <laughs> I, I guess maybe at the same time, listen, listen, listen for sounds of banging. Well, you don't know he's gonna be. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but um, so they go. He goes down to the you know the bar, the hotel bar, and then mm-hmm. Jack shows up and he's like, I'm in love. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're in love. This is where, not not this part, but like, I was like, okay, I'm I'm starting to see a lot less of me in this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's actually quite true. Um, I don't know if he's just uh, convincing himself, or if this seems like it happens. I think he was just having an existential crisis about getting married, but it's still yeah, just kind of true, like, yeah. come on, dude. Yeah, for You're real. <laughs> that's, that's that's how Miles feels too. Like, really? Okay. You're gonna get married in a couple of days, but you're in love with this chick now that you just met. Literally just met. You banged her three times. I guess is <laughs> is the upshot of this. <laughs> so then, now the next scene, I guess Miles goes with him, and they're gonna meet. Like he's gonna meet the kid, mm-hmm. and he's just like hanging out. Like the kid is sitting on his lap, and they're playing video games. Yeah, I'm like this. I what? Mm-hmm. I, I I got the impression it's like to make you feel Stephanie's side of how betrayed she is when she finds out that not only does he you know have a fiance he's getting married in a couple of days that is in fact quite upsetting to let someone into this degree and that's you know this is such such an enormous lie but um I don't why think did, it was necessary why did she, 
yeah, why did she let him into this degree, though? Yeah, so this is the part that I'm talking about. I, I, I just don't believe that she would have. Mm-hmm. No, same. It doesn't seem real. Um, so, I, I just was like, he wanted to get laid, and now he's in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And like a stepdad, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, he said earlier, you know, I'm going to get laid on this trip, whether you approve or not. And Miles was like, all right. But he did not say, I'm going to get in a long-term relationship on this trip, whether you like it or not. Because, you know, that's I sort of get him not liking that. Well, yeah. And then I, I just, I don't know. That's just crazy. But he's talking about, like, moving up there. And honestly, when he was like, I could buy a vineyard and you could run it, I was like, that actually sounds kind of cool. That sounds kind of cool, but I think Miles knows that he says that kind of shit a lot because yeah. he says something similar to Stephanie, where you know they're gonna move to, he's gonna move up there and they're gonna get a place together. He, I don't know. He he seems to be fickle. He seems yeah. to go with whichever, whichever way his own whims are blowing him. <laughs> well, I mean, he, we kind of get this also and when uh, when it Miles is his talking to Maya. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Sorry, I insisted on. <laughs> you had to get that joke in. Was, I had to get it in. I'm like, sorry no. that I was talking over it. No, it's probably for the best. Let's, let's go where you not. were. Going. It's definitely not. Just just in case this doesn't come out clearly, what he said was, <laughs> "Whims" was his nickname for Je- for uh, Stephanie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, excellent joke. Um, a plus. But no, we were we were getting this more of this sense when uh, he's when Miles was talking to Maya when she's upset with him and he's like, I'm I'm sure whatever he said he fully believed, mm-hmm. you know like it's not like a lie for him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so now we're gonna see. So you know Jack stays with uh, Stephanie and uh, my Miles goes to the convenience store and buys a barely legal. Mm-hmm. No, no, the new one. Because <laughs> he already has the other one. Right. That Which, made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Which is kind of contradictory when you think about it, because earlier, when they're first like going out there, um, they're in a diner, and, and Jack is like, oh, my gosh, way too early for that, huh? You know, like, because mm-hmm. this waitress was so hot. Yeah. And then Miles' reaction was like, please, she's a kid, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. And I'm like, okay, so you don't, you're not attracted to younger females, but you're gonna jerk off to barely legal. Gotcha. It's a uh, a contradictory part of his nature, I guess. I don't know. There's <laughs> there's there's what you say in public, and there's what you look at when you're alone, I suppose. <laughs> well, there's all. Uh, did you see the cover of that, by the way? I I actually didn't. I. Uh... It was an uncomfortable cover. Like, she was clearly oh, yeah. made to look very young. And I was like, ooh, this is too much, too young. Yeah, well, I actually didn't notice that, but I had to go back now, but I'm not gonna. It was, uh, yeah, I was like, the pose that she, it was the pose that she was It was in. the pose, yeah. It was like, oh, jeez, you know? Um, so, anyway, he goes back to the hitching post to try to see Maya after mm. you know his jerk-off session with Barely Legal. Um, and I was thinking the bartender at the hitching post here was, was pretty good. Like, the whoever played him. Uh, okay. No, I'm sorry. I, didn't, I think I got lost there. What did you say? The bartender at the hitching post. 
the scene there when he's yeah. like going to see Maya. I thought he was pretty good. He seemed very realistic as the actor who played him. Oh yeah, yeah. So Miles gets super duper drunk. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, walk home. Yeah. And, then, and by the way, I just want to mention that I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about infrastructure here in America, in cities, uh-huh. and how we don't have walkable cities anymore. And I just watching them walk down the freeway, basically, right. or like on the there's a shoulder, but you know, whatever. Like that just it just good lord, America. illustrates the point. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so he's good. and like if you want to go get really drunk at the hitching post, you indeed need to walk down the shoulder where there's no sidewalk or anything. But anyway, that's irrelevant to the movie. I just, I just, I went Bleh! like out loud when I saw that. Walking home at night, stumbling. So yeah, on the freeway mm-hmm. there. Um, so anyway, then, then he's going to finally get to play golf with Jack. And uh, mm-hmm. Jack apparently talks throughout the whole golfing experience, which uh-huh. would be frustrating, I think. Um, but well, there's one part that I re- that I really enjoyed, and he <laughs> Miles hits it, and he's like so clearly like slices it off to the left or to the right, mm-hmm. and and Jack's reaction is nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but that just tickled me. Nice. That's <laughs> you know, Jack is kind of you know I I get the impression he's not always paying attention, and I feel like that. <laughs> Like his response would be nice in it either way. So right, exactly. But um, so then we get a, a cool little friendship moment for them when mm-hmm. they're golfing, you know, and the the guys behind them hit into their game. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then Miles, who apparently can't hit a shot, but if you get him pissed off enough, he'll hit yeah. a perfect shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Thomas Hayden, you know, Jack is like, "Oh, this will be fun." And yeah. he grabs a club and he starts swinging it around like an ape. Like, yep, he's a like, fucking berserker. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. And um, you know, actually, it pissed me. I, I was pissed off though at those guys because that's rude. And like, it makes me angry that they hit a ball into them. But then when Miles hits one back, they're like, "Hey, what's wrong with you?" It's yeah, like, I know. You just did that. You just did. Like, the, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, "You just did yeah. the exact same thing." But uh, they deserve to be to be ran at with a with a club swinging wildly. <laughs> um, and then and then they're talking Maya, right? And Jack is like trying to convince Miles that he needs to have sex with Maya. Mm-hmm. And his way of doing that was, don't you want that cozy little box clinched down on your Johnson? Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> he has a way with words. words. He really Jinx. does. <laughs> He should be. Uh, he should be the writer. Is what he should be. <laughs> and I loved that they showed a reaction to that line too. Mm-hmm. Like the, the yeah. dad's like, "Hey." Yeah. <laughs> like how they don't even respond either. They're like, eh, "Whatever, just keep walking." Uh, and now we get to you know they're hanging out at night, Maya and Stephanie and Jack and uh, Miles and yeah. And this is the part you were talking about earlier when. He's like, yeah, Uncle Jack will put you to bed. I need to yeah. you know, smoke my weed. And I'm just like, that's fucked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you're okay with this guy you've known for three days putting your kid to bed? Mm-hmm. What the hell? Yeah. Um, she doesn't deserve it or anything, but it does make me question her her wisdom here in doing this, but I don't know. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't like, I would feel a lot worse for her if she didn't have a kid. Mm-hmm. 
which sounds weird, but because she has a kid and she's acting so irresponsibly, I'm like, well, you know, she should, yeah, she should probably be better. <laughs> yeah, you should probably exercise more caution as far as bringing random men you've met into your kid's life. Yeah. Um, and again, the time frame here cannot be overstated. Yeah. As important because it's been like, like, like literally. It's been three days. Yeah. And so. I'm like, I, you know, and the other part to me is like, really? You believed him that he loved you in three days? Mm-hmm. Um, he's so the, anyway. Miles is gonna hook up with Maya here, and I was like, it was funny because it's it's like kind of a touching moment, but the whole time I'm just like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And then like pretty soon after that, it does. Yeah, we get um, <laughs> it's the end of this night that we get Miles and Maya finally getting together. Um, right. Of all the of all the points in the movie to stick out in my memory from this watching. When Maya is driving Miles' car home and he's kind of like blissfully still tipsy in the passenger seat, and he looks over at her with with like a I don't know what the I don't even know what to describe the emotion, but he sort of glances over at her with a with a, with a contentment that we haven't seen his character have right. in his entire movie. We've seen him be drunk but never content, and uh, he looks at her and is like, "You can actually get the sense." that the ingredients are finally there for him to be somewhat happy. And uh, it was just a very lovely bit of acting and a lovely moment. Yeah. And then, and then they, you know, finally, Drop they the finally, edge. they connect. Oh, that part. Yeah. yeah. As it were. Um, and then we get it was really a, a, nice. It was really nice for him. And I'm like, it, ah, I was like was dreading a, the moment where it's not going to work out. Yep. Conflict. Yep, we get a beautiful day that they spend together the next day. She wakes up early and looks off at the sun sunrise. He's still asleep. They go to the market. And then imagine, like, speaking of contentment, how how happy do you think it would it made Niles, My, Niles Miles, to be sitting under a tree. He's doing the crossword puzzle, and they both have they both have a little bit of wine. Like, that's just a lovely moment for him. And then this is when he screws up and mentions the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. No, no, we got to get back for the rehearsal dinner. Yep. What rehearsal dinner? Who's getting married? And then, and then Paul Giamatti's eyes like going up yeah. from the puzzle. Another oh, one. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. And then immediate, anger, an immediate argument. Yeah. Which is perfectly understandable, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, Especially since, if nothing else, it makes you wonder what else has been a lie here. You know. Right, well, because there is another one which he's yeah. going to admit to on a on a yep. voicemail, but um, yeah, I will say though, despite all this going on, Jack's reaction to seeing Miles at the hotel room is kind <laughs> of an adorable friendship reaction. It is it's, it's this movie really does a tightrope walk between just wow fuck these characters and also okay that was actually nice. Yeah. <laughs> It's like okay, they really do like each other. Like they're they're good friends. I yeah, love like, that he picks him up, puts him down on the bed, and then he like rubs his cheek on him. It's all very funny and uh, endearing in a, in a way. Somehow, I'm not even sure how, but it is somehow. Um, and then and then you're a homo. <laughs> yes, I'm a homo. Yeah, write out my gay confession and I'll sign it. Whatever you think happened, that's what happened. You know. <laughs> So many parts in this just wonderfully put together and acted and written. I love that too. Like right after that, so this whole thing, you know, he's clearly made Miles upset, and Jack's like, "I'm sorry, you know, I should, I'm being insensitive." Did you have trouble performing? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh, man. And then, you know, they're going to go to a wine tasting at a place where Miles, like, hates, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, that's where he finds out that his book didn't get published. Yeah. Isn't going to get published, which is it's pretty sad. And now, like, why wouldn't you just pour him a glass, you know? Yeah, um, pouring him just these tiny little things, and, you know, this is this is a winery, not a bar. That pissed me off. Like, it's a winery. You mean a place where you produce wine? Yeah. So that's what this is? Oh, no. Heaven forbid somebody asks for wine. But um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I like this entire, this entire exchange. This entire part here is the part where that we kind of learned that for some reason Miles is better at coming up with evocative writing when he's angry. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's he's the way he's just. I even like the way he describes the wine that he didn't like. It's you know they they ground up you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> rats and. Yeah, I can't. It's much better than that. If you haven't seen the movie, yeah, <laughs> it's actually again quite evocative, and it's like, and I like. Um, Jack is like, well, okay, well, I, I thought it was good. all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like his response has been to all of the every wine single so wine that he tastes. He's like, I think it tastes good. Yeah. And then, oh. yeah, he, he, I didn't... he's going to pick up the spit bucket here, though, which is really cool. Oh, 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 <laughs> pour it all over himself. Yeah. I can, I can understand the winery's reaction at that point to, you know, yeah, yeah you get do this guy out of here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, this is beyond. I also, I felt bad for Miles from the, from the, the way the agent treated him. Not that it was so bad, but she heard that morning and didn't call him. Who knows if he was going to, she was going to call him anytime soon. I know. And then the trite kind of. You know. Well, she might have called him. We don't know because he didn't. He didn't have a phone on him. That's true. She might have left a message. But still, it's easy to feel bad for him here, in a sense. But maybe not quite. Not quite pour the bucket all over himself. Yeah. I love also that just Jack like pulls him away. and Goes, his mother just died. <laughs> <laughs> you notice that Jack has all eye ready for just about yeah anything. for everything. He's he's pretty quick on his feet. He is. And then we get quite the take on suicide here. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even. <laughs> I can't even commit suicide. Yeah, he's not. You can't commit suicide before you're published. And then, of course, Jack's like, what about the Confederacy of Dunkin'? Yeah. Oh, man. I like the idea of Miles being, oh, well, you're right, I can. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he just turns him and says, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's funny because, you know, they talk about the Bukowski line there with this smudge of excrement, whatever mm-hmm. thing. And, like, that's evocative and everything, but I actually thought I'm a thumbprint on the window of a skyscraper. Yeah. Was a really great metaphor. Just completely unnoticeable. Yeah. I, I really thought that was, I was, I thought that was the better line. Well well done, Rex, Fl- Rex Blanket. What Pickett. is his name? Pickett. Rex Pickett. <laughs> so, you know, Jack's actually being a good friend here, you know? And I love mm-hmm. that he, like, continues to encourage, like, don't give up. You're going to make it. I know you are. You know, it's nice. Mm-hmm. And then they get back and Stephanie just kicks his ass. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and, you know, she's like, you told me you loved me. And I'm like, there's no red flag to you, you know, mm-hmm. for you that he's saying he loves you after a day. Yeah. Yeah. This is all on him. Really? Just a tiny bit on her. And also like, she must have really beat him up given that he breaks his nose or whatever. Well, she's hitting him with her, Bicycle, her motorcycle helmet, her motorized bicycle helmet. Well, I actually didn't, don't think I noticed that, and, uh, jeez, that would, in fact, hurt you quite a bit. Yeah. 
I love that after he, you know, gets his nose kind of fixed at the hospital, he's like, the only reason I won't sue her is to protect Christine. Oh, sure. That's why. <laughs> I don't know anything about nose surgery, but I the the, the idea that they're going to have to break his nose again after it heals in order to fix it properly is just that's delightful to me. I'm like, yeah, wow. doesn't that sound like a lot of fun? I Wasn't think it's it actually re- true, but... Is it true? We just recently talked about nose, noses being broken in another episode. I can't remember which. Really? I don't even remember that. He asked you if you had ever broken your nose and if it hurt. Oh, that's right. And I have never broken my nose, but... Being hit in the nose, just being bonked on the nose, and nothing's broken hurts a lot. Oh, from so. Dollar Baby. Oh, there you are. There's, yeah, because he has to set it. Yeah. It apparently works out just fine for and her. Morgan Freeman doesn't... is like, well, you know, nose breaks aren't that bad. Yeah. Well. And you and I were both like, I think they probably would be. Sounds like it's bad, but I guess maybe it's not so bad to a boxer. Not so good for a voice actor, though. Yeah, apparently not. Um, but I, I also didn't understand why doesn't Miles just tell Jack that he told that he told Maya. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like this has already happened. You know, I don't think he's gonna stop being your friend because you did that by accident. But here's whatever. here's this is actually the part. In some ways, this I don't want to say it made me like Miles less, but this is like one of the, one of the few things that was like actually difficult to defend for Miles for me. Most right, of his behavior is like very understandable just that he's in such a bad place etc but if it had been me i would have walked because i would have walked in and been like jack i have something to tell you this is not good but be prepared for stephanie knowing about all this and not only does he not do that he lies about it afterwards well i think so i can sort of understand the lie in the sense that he should have done what you said and and told Mm -hmm. him right away because then he probably wouldn't have a broken nose now that's true. They would have at least known, oh, there's Stephanie. Let's go a different direction until she's gone. Right. Or, you know, he wouldn't have gone out and been like, hey, baby. Yeah, exactly. So um, th- that bit of Miles' uh, behavior is a little strange to me. But Yeah. Well, he's a conflict avoidant, it seems, with his friend there. That's I don't true. Know. Um, but <laughs> this really doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't stop Jack at all. Because they go back to another restaurant, and he's like, Oh, she looks like two funds a ton. The grateful mm-hmm. type, right? <laughs> Jesus, Jack. He's uh, he's out of the hospital for ten seconds. He's been beaten up by the woman he apparently loves and is going to move up here with. <laughs> and just he's right back on the old horse. You know yep. what I mean? And the waitress isn't even that much of a horse, but he's right back on it either way. And then he's gonna show up naked at the door. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of these moments this movie has such like it, it, in a in a worse movie, it would really just be devolving into comic nonsense. Where right. it's like, really, but somehow it works. I don't know how it continues to make it, these moments work. I know it really does work. And he's like, yeah, I ran five. I ran. Why are they calling it clicks? By the way, I don't know. Nobody in outside earnest. of the military. Yeah. In earnest, but, they're calling it clicks. That's a good question. Maybe it's just like some random. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not even gonna speculate. But <laughs> that doesn't seem totally believable to me. But that's all right. <laughs> Well the, story must just of, be in shock. <laughs> well, the story of the cami sex session is hilarious, you know. Yeah. He, caught, he caught me with my cock with my cock in her ass. Now he's all <laughs> worried about losing Christine. Um, he's so pathetic in this scene. Like, just like, Jesus, mm. Jack. Like, yeah. You should I know, I messed up, yeah. Like, and it just goes to show you the, the variability of his personality. He's gone from calling off the wedding... To um, crying because he's gonna, he can't lose Christine. I know I fucked up. 
I, I yeah. know I'm not a good person. Like, yeah. He would be he would be he would be tiring if it were me. That's like already. Not bad you. Um so apparently he left his wallet behind and it's got mm. the wedding rings in it. Mm-hmm. And um how the he keeps Go ahead. People keep rings and wallets because that's not something I, I've ever That's done. not something I would do. But, Seems like right. a bad place for it. It does to me too. Um, but uh, somehow he convinces Miles to, to, to go in and retrieve it. Mm-hmm. I love that he goes, fine, I'll do everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you should do it, you know? Yeah. Um, this is kind of your doing here, guy. Um, but no, sure. He'll, and then, you know, I was sitting there thinking I would have just knocked on the door and been like, look, I need this back, though. But um, it turns out Miles's method is better, which is sneaking in. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that, too. Like, really? You're going to sneak in? That doesn't ends seem up working like... Out, though. Seems like a bad idea. But, yeah, it ends up working out. And uh, it was very strange. And they're like, when she says he's got Derek's wallet from mm-hmm. the, the character. Yeah, because the character is there. And also they seem to have purposefully taken the wallet and put it in there, which I guess is part of the game. Maybe. I don't know. It's pretty weird. At um, that point, though. Uh, you know, again, with Paul Giamatti's eye acting. Him yeah. looking yeah. into that room, like, oh, jeez. And then I like him noticing the wallet. He's, he doesn't forget what he's there for. He notices the wallet. And then I also, at that point, would have just run. Been like, all right, I'm just grabbing it and I'm running. I'm not trying to sneak. It's just... I just am like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what a difference in acting, by the way, for Cammie. Because she's mm-hmm. like, all golly gee, acting, yeah. right? And yeah. then in the bedroom series, I'm a bad girl. And I, yeah. yeah. Like, just... wow. All right, Cammie. Yeah. So, okay, then. This is, it's a strange direction to go in with this story suddenly. But as with several of the other strange directions... And then, and then this guy is going to run out of the house. By the way, what was the plan here? I get that it's a funny, like, thing to see on camera for his stomach yeah. to just press against the window. Yeah. But, like, why would that have happened? I don't know. If it had been me, I would have just let him go because it's not my wallet. Like, he didn't come in and steal something that's theirs. I'd be like, oh, well, I guess that wallet that we actually don't have any right to have is now gone. <laughs> well, okay, but on top of that, they don't actually know that this guy is with them. Yeah, with, that's true. You know, like, he's just a random guy that went in there. But, um, like, if if I'm of the mind that I need to confront this guy, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would be reaching over the top of the car. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's, I don't like, know. I would it's, try it's... to be opening the door or, like, breaking the window. He's a bit worked pressing up, my gla- my belly onto the glass, like, look at this. <laughs> That's what it is. He's showing off. Yeah. Um, and then we get a full frontal on this guy with his dick just flopping around as he's running. Yeah. That was awfully quick, by the way. Uh, was it quick? I don't know. It deflated pretty quick to me. A couple of seconds oh, before oh, you've been doing something else. Oh, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe he's a never hard. Um, mm-hmm. That's true. Anyway. Um, I, I wasn't expecting the full frontal. I don't know if you were. I wasn't either, but I, 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 you kind of learn to expect the unexpected with this movie in a way. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I'm sort of surprised this is, that this thing is still going, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What, what story do we have left? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jack tells Miles to invite Maya. Mm-hmm. I loved Miles' reaction. Is like, I don't think this is the proper moment uh, yeah. for me to invite her to the to your wedding. Yeah. Do you think Maya would come as well? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you want her there? She clearly knows what's going on. You know. This is, you know, this is just another moment where we see Jack just says things off the top of his head and doesn't mean them, think them, or you know. Well, I think it sort of goes to show that he he, he is like he thinks of Miles. You know. Like mm-hmm. he wants him to be with Maya because he sees that he's that she's good for him, so he's like not thinking about the repercussions of what would happen to him if, if Maya shows up at the wedding, you mm-hmm. know. Also, like if he ends up being with Maya, and they remain friends, how's that going to happen? How do they coexist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, yeah, well, I guess you know, I guess we would see in the sequel, but again, nobody cares because. You know. <laughs> Well, I also was thinking, like, so, you know, earlier in the movie, we forgot to mention this, but um, Jack is like, what does this look like? And Miles says it looks like a, you know, car accident. Car accident. And then he's like, let me drive. I want to drive. Let me drive. Yeah. You probably like, should have seen this coming, right? Yeah. How does Miles not know that he's going to try to crash the car? Yeah. And then, <laughs> Especially put on your seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, care about your safety. Tough car, that Saab. Yeah, I know. It kind of it kind of doesn't get wrecked as easily as you think. No, but then like, I love that they're like, okay, let's you know wreck the car, and it just goes away from the tree into away beach. from the tree. I was convinced it was going to go into that goddamn house. I know that's what <laughs> I was thinking. And like, oh geez, now they're going to be liable for the house as well. But no, fortunately, it just goes into a ditch. It's the best case scenario here. Um. And then I was like, man, I really want to meet Victoria because now we're showing the wedding, and I'm like, are they gonna? Are we gonna get to meet her? Because I'd mm-hmm. be interested to see her. Um, mm-hmm. And and I was thinking, like, I feel like women think that this is what male friendship is like, mm-hmm. where there's at least one cheater. They're probably both cheating, <laughs> and they're just covering up for each other. Like yep, that's that, what male friendship is. That seems to be the stereotype. <laughs> um. So we meet Victoria, mm-hmm. and I recognized her. Did you recognize her? I thought I recognized her, but I couldn't place her, and then I forgot to care. So. Well, I think she's Ross's ex-wife. Oh, really? Not the first one, but like later when they replaced the first one. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I know what you mean. Um, gosh, I don't know. That's but I, that's what I, I'm like positive that I know her from friends, but I don't, I can't remember if she's the ex-wife or if she's the, you know, the ex-wife's wife. <laughs> I think she's, I think the ex-wife's wife sounds right. Yeah. Although, although she might be the ex-wife's wife's wife. Could be. We don't, we don't know. Um, hold on a second. I will find this. Don't you worry. I am a, I am on the case. Well, while you're looking that up, I was thinking like, while she, she's like talking to him, she's like, "Oh, I'm not drinking," and he's like, "Really? You quit drinking?" And I'm like, "She's mm-hmm. pregnant, you fucking moron!" You know? Like, how is that not the first place you go? Well, uh, he he's not always the sharpest. Yeah. She certainly got up to a lot in the last two years, by the way, because they've been yeah. divorced for two years and she's married and pregnant. Uh huh. Kind of. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not. That seems fast to me. Well, maybe you I'm know. crazy. 
She needed some of that Ken immediately. Yeah. He's Knuff. He's um, <laughs> more than Knuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Gets the job done. And then we're cutting over to him in a fast food joint, and he is drinking his 61 Cheval Blanc out of a styrofoam yeah. cup. Yeah, I actually did not see the way that this was going because, you know, he, he hears about the pregnancy, goes home, and I was like, what is he? He's, like, going into, like, a hidden compartment or something? And then we cut to him in the fast food joint, and uh, it wasn't until we actually see the bottle that I went, oh. And I was kind of sad. It, like, is this part sad? Is it? Is it anything? I don't know. Is it poignant? It was very sad for me. Yeah, I thought it was kind of sad. And um, I also thought it was kind of saying, like, because he, he was enjoying it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he, yeah. So I think it was kind of saying, like, to, to Maya's point, yeah. the celebration is the opening of the wine, you know? Still, though. And it was supposed know? to be for his 10-year wedding anniversary, so I think it was, like, a way of saying, like, this is over with. True, but like at the same time, remember how particular he was about swirling the wine correctly yeah, in the right. glass, and, that, and then he's having it. it, and he's having it in a goddamn fast food cup with the, I don't know whatever kind of fast food that is. It was quite the you, moment. It made me want a burger. <laughs> <laughs> it made me want a sixty-one Cheval Blanc. <laughs> um, by the way, you are correct. That is in fact Susan, the ex-wife's wife from Friends. I knew it. So thank you for looking that up. You so are, now we're going to hear the message from Maya. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was really nice. It was, really it was nice. a lovely message. We get so many nice moments with her. I know. You know? I, I, was, I was kind of surprised by how touching I found her message to Miles. And, uh, yeah. and then we get like an oddly hopeful ending. A hopeful ending, but, a, you know, nonspecific. He knocks on the door and the movie's over. And I loved that. I don't know. I really liked her her voiceover continuing while he's driving up there because it's playing in his head, most likely thinking about it. And right. Well, I like that we also so get encouraging. You know? It's encouraging. It's it's uh maybe it's good that he got that that sixty one Cheval Blanc out of the way in the way he did. Well, it's like he's starting fresh with her. Now. Starting fresh, exactly. Because I mean, I was thinking, well, you know, he could save it and have it with her because she'd appreciate it. But I'm like, but that's not really given the emotional connections that he has with that given right. that it was supposed to be for the wedding anniversary and everything probably is best to just be done with it just like he should be done with the with the relationship and the ex-marriage the ex-wife and move on from it but anyway yeah it's a, a very poignant ending well so that's the end of the the movie overview that's we, the movie, can, yeah. we can go to the rank oh wait So the rank is where we rank the movie based on ten categories. Story, acting, originality, film coherence, cinematography, score slash soundtrack, script structure and dialogue, character relatability, production value, and timelessness. We rank it on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. The first category is story, and I go first for this one, so I gave it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a meandering story at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It works out well, but I don't know that if someone told me this story and said, what do you think? Great movie idea, right? Yeah. That I would respond favorably. Um, but I guess it goes to show what I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you don't write movies or, or books. Not like not like Rex Pickett does. Yeah, I'd love to write books. Well, um, 
Well, go go ahead. Apparently, Miles can almost get his published, so be a little bit better than that. And you're set. <laughs> well, I don't think I could write 900 pages like he well, does. So. Well, maybe, maybe that's part of the reason it didn't get published. Well, what do you have for story? For story, I went with an eight, so pretty similar to you. Um, story's not really the point. It's a loose framework on which the characters hang. Um, it's really much more about character than, than story. And the story does... That's very the perfect, true. The story does a perfectly good job getting us where we're supposed to go. Sort of the basic idea of these two guys go to wine country and have adventures, or not really adventures, but <laughs> misadventures. I don't know. Something is fine. Um, perfectly adequate. Nothing else. Yeah, no, that was that was a good point. Um, it it is a it's character. It's mm-hmm. that's a character driven story, and so it's not really a. Yeah, I like the way you put that. So I will stop because you said it better than I did. <laughs> well, the next category is acting. So what do you have for that? I I, I think you're going to be surprised. I'm almost tempted to ask you what I think, what what you think I I would I would say here. Do you want me to take a guess at what? Take a guess. Yeah, that's actually interesting. Yeah. I think you gave it a nine point six five. Ooh, this is this is a pretty uh, a pretty decent guess on your part. But I went ahead and gave it a ten. Did you really? Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everyone was fantastic, and there's nothing else to say about it. Well, I gave it a nine point three five. Okay. Um, I thought the acting was actually superb. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I didn't feel that it was better than a nine and a half for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, but I thought it was better than a 9.25. Maybe it was Miles's mom. Yeah. I don't really know why it didn't feel perfect to me because I, I don't know. I I thought everybody was really good, but at, I just at times I sort of knew I was watching a movie. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think I get what you mean. But uh, it's still really good. I don't want to take away from it because 9.35 is really good um yeah no i went with the 10 because um for me i'm kind of considering the entire movie to be the four main people um i know there are other people in it and they're all fine i suppose like you said there are some weaker actors amongst the uh really supporting characters but for me this it's like the main four people who really really are the ones hit it that out of the park yeah, carry the movie and um, are very good. And just to go through them really quickly, Sandra O oh was good, and she didn't really actually have as much to work with, both because the character wasn't in it quite as much, and we just we don't really get too much of her interior state because you know we're not we're not really getting Jack or her too much. That's true. But it's she's, not their story. She, yeah, they're very very you know uh, not tertiary, I guess secondary, but uh, they're combined secondary. But um, she was still good, and uh, Thomas Hayden Church was a little, um, I guess the character was a little bit of a, a little yeah. bit of a caricature, yeah. But um, he, I mean, he was still as exactly what you want, and he did a good job with it. Uh, but the uh, main two, uh, you know, Paul Giamatti and Virginia Madsen, were both just, just phenomenal. Yeah, sick. yeah. I mean, we, the other two were very good, but. These two were uh, really on another level acting. Um, sometimes I think Paul Giamatti is about the best actor working with a couple other people being in there. Just I feel like anything he shows up in um, is inevitably he ends up being excellent. And, and Virginia Madsen really in some ways actually was, you know, she gave a couple of the best scenes in the movie by a good bit. Oh, for sure. I think she stole every, most of, I would say most of the scenes she's in at least, yeah. if not all. 
yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's saying something given the fact that I think Paul Giamatti was excellent. So, right. and yet she still walked in and was just like, "Oh yeah, this is my scene." And he's like, "I guess it's your scene." But uh, <laughs> no, really, I, I I was sitting there thinking I should maybe I should give it a nine and a half. That was my first thought. But then I was like, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, these couple it's of performances perfect. are are some of the best performances I've seen in a minute. So I'm definitely... Especially I if just, you're watching a bunch of 2004 movies. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, that's not be, fair, because you did say you know, Jamie Foxx was a revelation. So Jamie Foxx... I mean, yeah, Jamie Foxx probably deserved to win. Um, and uh, Hillary Swank versus, like, Virginia Madsen here is, is kind of tough. I'm not really going to criticize the way they ended up going. But um, a, couple of, a couple of performances... Well, she got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, see, I kind of feel like she she deserved the best actress, but uh, and and Paul Giamatti didn't even get nominated. Well, that's that is a shame. I think it me. is too, actually. But uh, whatever. But it's, it, it was stiff competition for acting this year. Yeah, um, actually, it really is. It's a it's a tough. Really, Jamie Foxx could have waltzed into any year and yeah, a runner. Really, frankly, so that's that's kind of tough just in general. But uh, yeah, a couple other good performances too. Justin Million Dollar Baby, a couple of good ones. So yeah, Johnny Depp in mm-hmm. uh, Oh right, yeah. Finding <laughs> Forgot about him. He's our he's our best movie of this year so far. Yeah. Pending pending uh, sideways. So. And then Leo and the Aviator. While the Aviator mm-hmm. may not have been our favorite movie, it was definitely no, well he was good in his part. So. Yeah, pretty pretty you know solid mm. year for acting. If nothing, if nothing else, I don't know. We'll see. Well, anyway, what's the next category? Well, the next category is originality, originality. And, and I go first on that one. I think. Let's see. Me, then you, then you, then me. Yeah. So for originality, I gave a nine. Mm-hmm. I think this is pretty original, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a bachelor party movie isn't really new, but uh-huh. a character study based on that premise is pretty new to me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Plus, I don't know a ton of movies that use wine as an allegory for romance, love, death, etc. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I thought that was pretty cool. What about you? I went eight and a half, same reason, except just a little bit less. Because again, originality wasn't. I don't imagine that Alexander Payne walked into studios and was like, "I have the most original idea." <laughs> right. um, but but no, this this movie like it's still kind of the go to I think for people talking about you know movies about wine. If anybody you know. He talks about why, and they might go, oh, did you see Sideways? So, yeah, definitely deserves a high grade for that. Yeah, very. I, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Um, all right, so the next category is film coherence. So what do you have for that one? Uh, film coherence, I gave it a nine and a half. Um, I, I mean, there's, I, I thought it was perfectly coherent, cohered, and uh, there was really there's really – I mean, it flowed perfectly well, and I was never, I was never taken out by like, hey, what are we doing here? Suddenly, um, it might have been a little overlong. I feel like there might have been some cutting they could do, but I, I don't really want there to have been cutting. Just I feel like if you want to be nitpicky, they could have done well away with some things. Yeah, so I gave it an eight and a half, and it's pretty similar reasons to yours. Um, mm-hmm. It's the it's they I think they spent too much time establishing the main actor's pathos. You know? Okay, yeah. Um, actors plural. So yeah. Um, I don't know that we needed the scene with Miles's mom to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think we could have had maybe one or two less scenes with the four of them together. It just felt like this could have been just as effective with about twenty to thirty minutes less film. Hmm. Um, yeah, I get that. 
And that, and I don't mean that in a bad because I enjoyed those those twenty to thirty minutes, but I think it made it so it was kind of like it felt a little bit meandering, which you know, with a character type movie like this, maybe that's the point. But yeah, you know, I think it was like there were some points where I was like, I get it, this guy <laughs> is depressed, you know, yeah. and I get it, this guy is a womanizer. Uh-huh. Let's let's continue, you know. So, um, but yeah, that was, and I say that like I didn't like it. Yeah, no, eight I and a half is a good score. But uh, all right, so on to cinematography, which is the next one. I, I had a really hard time with this category because mm-hmm. it's just you know low budget, right? Um, six and a half is what I gave it. Okay. I didn't, you know, I thought it was decent. You know, I think mm-hmm. it did what it accomplished, what it was meant to accomplish. I just didn't think it was anything great about it. Um, I, I, they weren't trying really anything special here, I don't think. I didn't feel like anything they did with the camera work added anything either. Um, they had close-ups, and they did that, you know, that PBS special thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's more editing than cinematography, in my opinion. Um the you know close-ups on fake faces of actors expressing emotion, which showcased the excellent acting, but I don't know that it mm-hmm. showcased great cinematography. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's not bad, just not especially great. So that, that's what yeah. I what about you? I went with the seven and a half. Uh, this is getting boring, but pretty much the same reasons <laughs> as you. I mean, nothing. Nothing. I mean, you don't like sit there watching. Ooh, this is so. This is so cinematographic. Cinematographic. Um, cinematographic. Is that a word? I don't know. But uh, but nonetheless, it's perfect. It's perfectly workmanlike. I think they use that in sports a lot. Anytime someone's perfectly adequate, it's workmanlike. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't really have too much to say about it, except I I I, I think it wasn't flashy. If in the ways it wasn't flashy, it probably wasn't on purpose. I mean, by which I mean it was sort of workmanlike on purpose in that right it was just being presented to us not like artistically on purpose except for the like you said the split screen stuff which was interesting but beyond that well i'm curious to hear because you mentioned earlier in this that you had some stuff to say about the next category Mm. which is score slash soundtrack so what do you got there i gave it a nine and a half i thought this was i mean about as much fun as a soundtrack as I've seen in a minute. And not just in like a, a purposefully quirky way like Wes Anderson movies always are, mm-hmm. which I generally like, by the way. I'm not making fun of Wes Anderson movies. Just sometimes it can be a little over-the-top quirky, the music, musical notes and cues and everything. Um, this one I thought that the... Uh, I looked it up. It's an original score by mm, Rolf Kent. Have <laughs> I love he, he does. that that like... <laughs> Just like a noise when you're like not ready to say what it is. <laughs> Look yeah, it up just... and it's by. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Rolf Kent does. It did uh, pretty much all of uh, the Alexander Payne's movies. Um, As we've discovered, mm-hmm. they yeah, tend these to guys, it's like find a, a you know a conductor and they're like, "You're my guy now." Yep. I uh, I mean, I assume that if they don't like the first guy they use, they just find somebody else and we never notice. But right. it certainly seems like it's like, they're like those, well, we met each other. We like each other enough to want to get married. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> may as well marry the first person who gets along with you. Kind of. Uh, he also did the score for rock dog, the original Ooh. motion picture. Um, so rock dog. That's <laughs> <laughs> also on here. And I just Great. didn't read that. Didn't read that until now. Rock dog. Anyway. Um, <laughs> 
Okay. So this was like a uh, sort of a, a slightly quirky down tempo jazz kind of thing. Um, had a lot of jazz flute again, kind of similar to jazz flute bullet. <laughs> yeah, but I really enjoyed it, and I thought that the soundtrack did a fantastic. The score did a fantastic job of reflecting Miles's interior emotional state. I felt like th- this music could be playing in his head, and it really got us exactly where he was, kind of emotionally and. You know, kind of, kind of in a quirky way, so that it's not like really overwrought. Because being in a depressed person's head, it would probably be basically no music slash a funeral dirge or something, and that would be <laughs> that would be tiresome. So this was humorous, but uh, still very. I mean, and a lot of the stuff, especially toward the end, was very touching. Like you know, understated but very uh, very beautiful. So what about you, though? Well, I am already thinking that I'm going to increase my score based on what you said. Mm-hmm. Because I mm-hmm. gave it an eight, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I enjoyed it. Um, and the thing that I thought about with it was, I liked that it was kind of silly, light and silly, and it sort mm-hmm. of let you know not to take it too seriously. Yeah. Um, which is good, because I think it could be really easy to take this movie, like, poorly, by strictly mm-hmm. looking at it as drama. Yeah. You know, where if you if you were like, Looking at it like you know, if you had a bad score that was more dramatic and and less light, then you would be like, God, this feels like it's dragging. Am I supposed to really take this seriously? Because, uh. but because the music was light, you're kind of like, okay, so this is, I'm meant to laugh at these things, you know? Yeah, that's so, a, that's actually a fantastic point. Not to interrupt you. But... No, 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 go for it. Yeah. No, um, I, absolutely. But I didn't think about it in terms of uh, it portraying sort of his mindset but you're right it, it sort of sets the tone for how we're supposed to feel about him too mm-hmm. you know yeah um so i'm i'm actually i'm gonna move mine up to a nine because i think okay. i think you made a good case for it all right so the next one is script structure slash diet or and dialogue um i gave it a nine and a half mm-hmm. i thought the dialogue was amazing they had fun with words and they did it right you know mm-hmm. I mean, if you recall, one of my complaints about Finding Neverland was that they, they tended to have, like, these really um, quippy and liter- literary one-line, one-liners yeah. and stuff, and but then they would have the wrong reactions to it. Yeah. And they did this one right, mm-hmm. I felt like. Um, so the only thing for me was that structurally, I, I think they could have honed their scenes better, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of what I was talking about with coherence. Um so, but you know, I mean, it's a quibble, nine and a half. So, what do you have? Yeah, yeah, it's that's a it's a, not a bad quibble if you're going to have a quibble. But um, I went with an eight, but I'm thinking of upping mine a little bit because I went with an eight, like in exactly the same sense, in that oh, quite good, but right. This, but that, then that that now feels a little low now that I'm saying it out loud because the dialogue and the character, like the character work, like the way that they built characters through dialogue was. Right. They were both very good, like excellent, frankly. Um, and then just, I feel like the script could have been tighter as far as a lot of the story goes, but that again, t- well, that's kind of what I was getting at with structure. Yeah. So maybe I should actually lean a lot more toward, you know, the, the, the dialogue that helped set up the characters uh, because a lot of that was really fantastic. Both. I, lo- I loved the way that like, cause like with you said, with finding Neverland being like everybody, you know, is, quoting like you know it sounds like everybody's quoting something right but it, 
when even when like Miles or uh, Maya said something profound or something, then you might have Jack in the background saying something dumb. <laughs> like it's still <laughs> because like you know he's just a guy. <laughs> he says dumb. Well, that, and and they allow the characters to react yeah. to profound statements. Yeah. So and I think that's important. You know, you can't just yeah. do it and then have sort of nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and at the same time, they gave a lot of the dialogue uh, sort of a chance to breathe, where they, like, right. say that conversation between Miles and Maya, they're listening to each other as much as waiting to say the next fantastic thing that they have, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, I, I guess what I'm, like, in you're absolutely right, and I guess what, I, what I'm thinking of in Finding Neverland is there were several moments where it was, like, a great line, mm-hmm. and then they just sort of continued. Yeah. Instead of it being, like, Instead of acknowledging the line, you know? Yeah, reacting to it, like, yeah. having heard it. Because, like you said, it would be one thing to have a great line and then immediately cut. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah. But you can't have a great line and then just and then just, and then then just just gloss over it and start talking about something else. <laughs> anyway. To, yeah, exactly. You have to, you have to. But I think, I think actually, I, you're right about the structure, and I think I was leaning too heavily on the dialogue. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to ask you this. You want to meet in the middle and just 8.75 for both of us? Sure. Since since I apparently went too heavy on the one way and you on the other way. Yeah. <laughs> but meanwhile, we're like we're we're exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, the next category is character relatability. So, what do you have for that? I I gave that one a nine and a half. I feel like I'm being too generous in a sense, but I mean this is. Uh, aside from the way that the fact that everybody was a little bit of a of a of an exaggeration of who they actually would be in real life, um, aside from that, it's an exaggeration in the uh, in the way that movie characters can be a little bit of an exaggeration sometimes. I, I mean, everybody was so like pitch perfectly who they were supposed to be, and it felt like it felt like it felt like real people that, but not just you know anybody off the street it was like i'm kind of glad to have gotten to know these people in the movie so it's i mean maybe that's not quite relatability but i i related to them in that i was intensely interested in them and wanted to to spend time in their company so i think that's excellently put um i i'd like i'm nodding my head while you're talking and i wish that like you could see me but um i gave it a nine and a half also Mm -hmm. i i just to me, it's a character-based movie, right? So this has to be mm-hmm. high or else it doesn't work. I mean, in, in essence, this wouldn't be a Best Picture nominee without this category being a higher ranking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and since this movie does work, <laughs> the, the score is high. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think poor choices and the just being human bit of this movie was really relatable. So mm-hmm. That's it. We can go on to the next category. The next category awesome. is... Production value, um, I give it a nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think the production value on this is really great. You know, you consider the budget, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's like if you take the ratio of budget to what we see, I think it's pretty excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, they weren't setting the world on fire or anything, but I thought the sites they chose to film really worked and fit with the characters and movie as a whole. So, mm-hmm. what about you? Hey, I um. Kind of curious. I'm kind of weird. I don't know. Let me rephrase this. I'm kind of confused about myself now. I gave it an eight, but um, 
I kind of don't have a reason for it to be lower than than yours since I agree. I think they did a good job and picked <laughs> and and filmed everything quite well. So uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just leave it as an eight because it felt like it felt like they uh, even if you'd given them more money, they couldn't have done a better job. But at the same time, you know, there there isn't there weren't really challenges that were like you know. Yeah. It wasn't very challenging, I guess. Okay, so we'll just leave it. Yeah. Well, then we go on to the next category, which is the next and last category, which is timelessness. Probably a really tough one for this movie, I would think. But what do you have? Well, I I decided to go with an eight and a half um, because I'm I'm not sure it's the sort of thing that everyone's like, oh, my God, you have to see sideways. But as I said during originality, it's sort of still the touchstone for wine stuff. Like if you're talking about a wine movie. You know, like there's an episode of Bob's Burgers where they where they talk about wine and they're like, oh, we got into wine for five seconds after we saw Sideways. Remember that? Um, right, exactly. And uh, I feel like that is actually literally like you can like it. And you can talk you can do the Merlot line, for instance, and people will still remember like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy didn't like Merlot. I don't know what that was about. But, so maybe it should have been a little bit higher even. But um, eight and a half was like a compromise between I think people still definitely know it and touch on it but uh, at the same time i'm not sure people are like running out to see it necessarily if they if they weren't interested in it already they probably weren't probably aren't that interested in it in general yeah you know what i'm feeling like a see i gave it a 5.75 oh so that's different it's funny because you know i don't know i guess i don't hear about it that much um mm-hmm. and like I was actually thinking, boy, I should probably go lower than this, but uh, mm-hmm. the potent notables informed me on this because it, la- I mean, it had a lasting impact in an entire industry for yeah, over true. a decade. Um, I, I just don't know that it's going to be really timeless. Yeah, but uh, unlike that sixty-one wine... Chevrolet Blanc. <laughs> I do think that wine people will probably show this movie to other wine people, though. So in that case, in that way, it'll be time. You know what? I think I'll up it to, like, a seven. Okay. Um, so, I mean, this this did really well. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple of those categories were very high, maybe on my part especially, but I'm okay with it. I'm going to assume that it uh, – I'm going to anticipate, uh, you know – anticipate the uh, score here and say uh, my guess would be that it is the best picture of 2004. Well, you are correct. How about that? Sideways. By one and a half points. Really? Yep, it was close. Yeah, closer than than, uh, well, not closer than I thought, but still pretty close. Uh, well, congratulations, Sideways. You didn't win for the Academy, but you won in our hearts. That's right. You won the rank. <laughs> and really, which one is more important? Obviously the Academy the Awards rank. or a podcast? Uh, I don't know. What, what is it, almost 20 years later. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, well, it's funny. So that means that it, it actually moved past Finding Neverland directly on the list. Uh-huh. So now it sits between Mad Max Fury Road and Finding Neverland. Hmm, not bad. So Sideways is officially our best picture for 2004, according to the rank. I, I I did not think that was going to be the case going into it. After Actually, watching I, it, I was like, maybe, you know? Yeah. yeah, kind of the same. I was like, you know, I remember this being like a, okay, that was fine, I guess. And then kind of forgetting about it. So that's what I was kind of thinking would happen here. 
But uh, then I watched it and was like, I, I was really charmed. So I was like, let's uh, give this some high scores, maybe. Yeah, you know, like I'm thinking about it. I, I think that it's as much as I kind of I was talking about structure not being as good, but I think that it's I don't know how to put this. So Finding Neverland felt very like fun and lighthearted at times, mm. but sort of also light on substance. Yeah. At times. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this one felt a little heavier on substance, even though that it was it was playing it lighter. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? No, I absolutely, I absolutely get you. The uh, it's because of the 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 how the weight they give the characters in this one. You really right. you really feel along with them, or at least I did. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I mean, it's um, it just goes to show how good if you have good charming actors, whether mm-hmm. they're big stars or not, it goes a long way in a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really great actors can turn a, a bad script around, but really great actors with a great script. Mm. I mean, it's it's almost it's almost the two most important things for me. Because, the script and the acting, right? Yeah. Because you can like, and a director. I mean, the the cohesion the, of the yeah. film too. Yeah, if it's like completely amateurish, that's <laughs> it's like a whole movie with good acting. I mean, but uh, no, yeah, like I feel like you can make with with really good acting and good and good writing, you can um, make at least an okay movie, no matter what the content was. The you can uh, make an okay director look great with that. Yeah, absolutely. And the the reverse is not necessarily true. Yeah. Although, you know, good directors can coax decent enough performances out of anybody, I think. But, but you know. That's true. Also, great directors can, you know, will have the wherewithal to save a poor script, too. So. That's also true, yeah. So basically what we're saying is what we just said doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> well, really, what we're, you know, the most important things when you're making a movie are acting and yeah. script, but also directing and yeah. also so Probably editing. Extent, edit, yes, some production value and editing and all that. <laughs> really, the most important things are all of the things. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we don't make movies. Oh, man, our analysis is deep. Yep, um, absolutely. When people are going to tell their friends, they're going to be like, this is the worst <laughs> podcast I've ever heard. Stay away from it at all costs. Oh, I hope that's not true. Um, speaking of, thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> Having said that, <laughs> if you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com. Check us out next week when we're ranking Iron Man 2 in celebration of the release on Friday of The Marvels. This will be our third MCU f- movie. Right now, Iron Man is the best ranking, with The Incredible Hulk faring pretty well, I thought. Yes. Um, Will Iron Man 2, starring Robert Downey Jr., Mickey Rourke, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Sam Rockwell, and directed by Jon Favreau, have the juice to beat The Incredible Hulk? Will it rank higher than the original Iron Man? Tune in next week and find out. Now, if the action movie series isn't your thing, then join us two weeks for the join us in two weeks for the next movie in our Best Picture series, The Bishop's Wife, the 1947 Best Picture nominee starring Cary Grant, Loretta Young, and David Niven and directed by Henry Coaster. Oh, goodbye. And sip you later. Winding down for now. <laughs>